If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome back to Scav Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we're discussing the latest patch that was patched and an unpatch because, well, because. And followed by that, we'll be discussing some little tidbits here and there, like boss spawn rates, a few things that may or may not still be in the patch. Who knows what's going on anymore? Followed by Arena Roadmap, and then we're going to talk about Grey Zone Warfare, and then a little bit of what we've been up to as far as progression and testing out different stuff in Tarkov. Oh, and Grey Zone Warfare. We'll have a small little segment for that as well. Sounds all like good stuff. So, the patch that wasn't. Eh? <laughs> the patch that wasn't. What a, what, a, what a fun time. What a fun old time. I mean, this is the best outcome. The patch seemed quite bad. I mean, I, I mean what should we do? So, I mean, should we run through what they did? I, I guess we probably should. Um, we'll try not to spend too long on it. Obviously, it's not like in the game. Right. Um, but there is there is some interesting stuff, right? About like what they did with the armor and then they undid with the armor because then we're kind of like, we'll figure out exactly where we are. So like the very first thing on the patches, which is like 14.1, was what they basically said here, like rework the damage through layers of armor. Now in each layer is penetrated, but it loses some penetration power and damage depending on the characteristics. I mean, I'm sure most people have like seen the video that I did on it, but like... <laughs> Broadly, what, what ended up happening was beforehand. So like, I could I kind of see what they tried to do, but they just didn't do it very well. So beforehand, before this patch, and actually how it works like right now, yeah. is the same as like the APM video that I did. So plates don't... Actually, I haven't tested this, but I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming this is, a, this is true, but I'm pretty sure it is. The plates don't give any damage mitigation. So if you get shot with M856A1 to a class 4 plate and you get the you know, the the wrong roll twice, mm -hmm. then it just kills you. Whereas normally that wouldn't happen because the bullet's damage would go from 50, whatever it is, 52 or something, 53, down to like, I don't know, like 40 or whatever, even if it goes through. So it, wouldn't, it wouldn't normally two-shot you, but it does at the moment. Whereas a soft armor like the Yule is receiving damage reduction. So the so APM ammo can one-tap class 4 plate, but it can't one-tap a Yule. Yeah. So that's gone back to like that mechanic. What happened when they implemented you know, whatever they tried to do, they managed to reverse those things. So the ULA, so the soft armor no longer was getting damage mitigation, but then plates were for some mm -hmm. reason. So it just swapped the situation. So the ULA would get one tapped by APM, but a class four armor plate wouldn't, and neither would a class five plate or whatever. So I mean, it was it probably was better that way round, I suppose, because like the ULA is sort of a fringe case these days, yeah. rather than like the base case. But even still, like st stuff just wasn't really making sense. So that yeah, that just didn't really work. And they also added, there was like an interesting part that they um, changed just with this in general, was that they 
added, like, well, it says the second point, fixed an issue with missing blunt damage when hitting a ballistic plate. Now, loads of people, me included, thought that that was a feature of the armor system and going, well, you know, if you get shot in like a steel plate with a, you know, a nine mil bullet and then there's, you've got like class three aramid behind or whatever, like you're basically not even going to really feel it. So you shouldn't really take damage. So that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I was like, I was in Airwing stream when he was doing the very early testing. Um, you know, he was discovering that feature super early on with Tower. And, you know, we had that discussion basically, well, this is sort of realistic. Like, yeah, kind of makes sense. Like, okay, can kind of see what they've done that. Like, that's not always true, but it's it's true enough to, you know, be a thing in the game. So that's fine. But it's funny that they've actually literally listed it as an item and been like, this is a problem, you know, it's a missing missing blunt damage or whatever um and their intention to decrease that blunt damage when the soft armor behind so if you've just got a plate carrier with the plate and you get shot then that's one thing but then if you've got class two or class three aramid behind then it should decrease the blunt damage further i mean from a game mechanics perspective i imagine what they're doing is the plate will have some blunt damage mm -hmm. and then that will then go through you know an, another layer of like blunt throughput or whatever on the underlay something like that before it comes to you so it probably will be very very small that's probably how they you know, balance it or whatever. Like, blunt throughputs are normally somewhere in the region of like 15 to 20% on most armors. So, if it's like you're getting blunt damage anyway, and that's, I don't know, so even, even if you get shot with an M80, for example, mm -hmm. and that's 80 damage and it passes through 20%, that's like 16. Well, then if it then goes through, passes another another 20% layer, then you're only receiving like three. So, that's realistically probably what will happen, I think. So, that's not like, it's not the end of the world. I don't think it, honestly, I don't think it really matters. I think they could leave plates as just being zero blunt and it practically wouldn't make any difference. But either which way, they did that. Um, they adjusted some of the, the hitboxes, which did seem to work. So, you couldn't pen like thorax and stomach at the same time. Um, I, didn't th I don't think you could pen like upper arm into the thorax anymore and stuff like this. So, some of the like spillover mechanics were kind of um, adjusted. So, that's kind of gone back to the way it used to be. And, um, you could put like some of the granite plates into the water rigs, but like, I don't think anyone really cared about that. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see like what they intended to do. Cause I reckon like some of this stuff will come back in another format at some point. Um, the other, the only other interesting part about the armor thing was that they, they changed the base armor from class two to class three. Like uh, just to, just to you know, make sure that we understand here, right? <laughs> this is not in the right. game at the moment. This was only in the game for a, a day. So these armors aren't like this right now. Um, but like the, the trooper, uh, the ACPC, um, two like a goons rig, one of the goons rigs, the Bagari, the ANAM two, the AVS, the Tequila rig, and the Tactech. They changed all of those to class three for a day, and then had to roll it back along with the rest of everything else. But you can assume that those probably will be class three eventually. Um, which of, of that list, four of them are, are what I would classify as good, mm -hmm. and four of them are bad. Um, you know, to, four of those things only protect the plate box with the soft armor. Right. Being that's like Tegilla, Trooper, Tactic, ACPC. No, Trooper's Thorax. Trooper's Thorax, surprisingly. Oh. Um, and the oh, other one is right, right. the. Yes, yeah, so it's the, yeah, the Goons one. So the Goons one, the Tegilla one, the Tactic, and the ACPC are all like plate only for the soft. Mm -hmm. But then the Trooper, the Bagari, the ANAM2, and the Cry AVS are all Thorax soft protection with plate in front of it. So it does increase the size of, you know, that, that protection a bit. So I think the ones that are probably going to, once they re-implement that, probably the biggest winners of those is probably, it's probably, the, like, the Bagari probably becomes, like, actually okay. Because the Bagari at Class 2, it's, like, very similar to the Karund, but it's probably the best of those, like, cheap Class 5s. You know, because you can put the Karund front in the Bagari. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can. Can you put side plates in it? I can't remember. But um, that probably becomes like okay because it's relatively cheap anyway from Ragman. And the other one that's probably okay is the uh, NAM2 plate carrier. That's sort of a little hidden hidden winner, maybe, or maybe even the AVS. But none of those have neck, I don't think. So they were, they're not going to be like meta or anything. Does the AVS have groin protection? The AVS does have groin. Okay. That's something. So, so that's so that's something. That's something. But uh, yeah, I mean, I still wouldn't recommend the other ones that don't actually have like the full thorax covered by the soft yeah. armor because I don't, I just don't really see why you wouldn't take it. Right? It's like there's lots of armors that have it. So yeah, the, the armors that don't like even if they're class three, it's like the slick and all those others. There's just no point. <laughs> so yeah, that's like that was most of what they did with the armor stuff um it said that they adjusted the head colliders for ears and eyes although i could still one shot people through the head with apsx oh, really? so i'm oh yeah i do remember so seeing that in your video <laughs> yeah so i'm so i'm not really sure what the deal with that is i mean i, I as i said in the video i don't i actually don't care about that because i think it should kill you <laughs> yeah so even if it's bugged i think it's like actually working properly which is kind of odd um and then there was just like, they just did like loads of other uh, bug fixes. So like, I guess what else do we talk about from the actual patch? The things that were like bad. Well, there wasn't there a line about, uh, I mean, I can't see it now, but about um, hitting like multiple. Oh yeah. Hit, remove possibility for bullets to pierce through characters, thorax and stomach. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yes, yeah, so you you can't like pen through multiple hitboxes within the actual player model. And I couldn't get it to work with APSX. I could only get like leg to leg and arm to arm mm -hmm. to work. I couldn't get like arm into thorax or like um like thorax through to I couldn't get like 70 damage, for example. So I couldn't get like a multi-hit. So it did seem to work in some way. Okay. But um yeah. No, it's like there were some good things that they changed, honestly. Like some of this stuff was okay. Um someone's reminded me that there was a little drop down to show you what a plate could be used with like, oh, yeah. in your armor in, in your Sorry, in your stats. That's a really nice Which is feature. quite good. Yeah. But like all of that is like all of that's come back. They oh, they did fix the oh fix. The the left shoulder shooting being a different FOV or like a different eye right, relief, right. which is a, which was kind of a shame. But obviously we're back to normal now. BTR seemed to get fixed. So there's a load of other stuff that was actually okay. They fixed like the scope, like weird accidental, mm -hmm. like you get locked into having it counted over. Um but the most controversial one was probably the pistols thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess. And uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Somebody actually messaged me about like, oh, what have they done to pistols? And I went to go and test it out myself. And I was just like, oh my God, like if you fire the M9, it just fires like it's so high because like the barrel, for whatever, I don't know what they did exactly, but like the barrel doesn't recover fast enough. And so when you fire the next bullet, like the barrel's still pointing upwards. And I had a lot of well, actually, people in the comments being like, you know, oh, it's not technically not firing over the iron sights, technically, because uh, if you can look, you can clearly see from the battle. I'm just like, look, man, it feels crap. Like, just get over it, right? It just feels, it feels awful. I don't care. I, it just feels terrible. This is not good. Um, so yeah, like the barrel's not recovering fast enough so that you can't shoot the round on target. Um, there are, there are. To be fair, honestly, I was surprised. There are people who are like arguing that pistols are OP. In the current formulation, and I'm actually like kind of shocked. Maybe I've just not experienced it enough, or whatever. But like, I'm genuinely shocked that people think the pistols like 
are OP Do they provide in any way. Like any explanation as to why they think it's OP? Well, just the fact that the you know the recoil's insanely low, the ADS speed is super high, mm-hmm. and they're just like incredible. Like, the recoil's just incredibly low. You can get it on target like every time. I'm like the STM short like is the same, no, and the SAG AKs is kind of the same, and like, I, maybe not quite the same, but yeah. Let me and you, and you don't have the range, and I don't I don't, I don't know like. I'm, I don't know. I just I, I don't think anything that's semi-auto using pistol caliber is OP. I just think it's tough. Yeah, I don't I don't think so because the the one like yeah sh- okay like sure I'll give them like the recoil is low and the um ergo is high, but I'm pretty sure like all the like almost all the pistols have one pretty significant flaw, which is that their MOA is like not great. Like we're talking like seven to nine sometimes ten like i don't i don't think i've ever even looked yeah well you'll find out if you try to shoot someone from like you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know maybe uh 100 meters uh maybe like 80 what's the five seven the five seven is normally the best for this kind of thing yeah oh yeah 7.5 okay so it's yeah it's quite wide that's what i was just checking because i was like five seven might be the one exception but because like yeah i was you know i was using the glock and there was a few times where i had to like shoot something at range and it's just mm. like a kind of a crapshoot at that point, like you know, because normally you know you want to hit them in the head, but if at range it's kind of like uh, a little bit sketchy. I don't yeah. know. It might not actually be that bad. I, it's honestly, it's so hard for me to like gauge what Moa actually means. <laughs> like I, I understand what it means in I mean, real life, but in Tarkov, like yeah. it's kind of not very translatable to me at least the only thing the only thing i would say about what you said and all the people who would be like oh well it's just xyz right and in tarkov it's double blah blah blah. i haven't tested this myself but i believe that accuracy is like i don't know if it's bugged i don't know whether you'd call it like bugged i don't know I, i use the word bugged cautiously but i think that there is a multiplier on it at the moment appeared at some point like i haven't i haven't tested this but from what people have said accuracy it seems to be like maybe 40 percent worse than you would think looking at the number based on how we used to think about it i i think i believe um but don't quote me on that one Mm. but i've like i've seen that being bandied around being like it used to be you know um irl it's like the diameter of you know like one moa is like whatever it is, one inch at 100, 100 yards, yards or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but in Tarkov, it's like the radius. That's like right. the, the basic principle, right? Um, and then people were saying, well, actually, when you go measure it now, uh, there was some change at some point and that it doesn't... What's, what's weird is it seems that if you do it actually in offline, accuracy isn't... A, I don't think accuracy is even a thing in offline sometimes for certain guns i don't I, i'm i'm not sure like i haven't tested this so like i'm i'm just like talking about what i've seen what i've like i've seen clips of people doing stuff and then people coming in and being like oh yeah but that's because you know this doesn't happen in offline blah blah, blah. you have to test like accuracy and online and all this stuff but then when you actually do it's like what 1.4 times what you'd expect even based on the old system or, or something along those lines anyway so the fact that it's not particularly uh intuitive to you i would say that's probably not necessarily your fault <laughs> Because I don't think it's it's completely, I don't think it's completely sensible at the moment. I, I, I'm not sure. I'd need, like it's one of those things where like it would take me a while to go and look into it, and I don't think most people are interested because it doesn't mm. matter most of the time. 
So like, that's always the thing that I'm balancing is just like, is it worth me looking into this topic? <laughs> because do most people care whether it's like 1.3 or 1.6 MOA on their rifle? Like 99% of the time in Tarkov, like you just don't care. Um, funny enough, it looks like I was actually intrigued by this because I know that the revolver shotgun has got the best accuracy out of all the shotty without modding or anything, I think. And uh, the Rhino pistol that fires the 357, that one is 5.16 MOA. So that's actually the lowest one, I think, from what I found. What's the RSH? Six. Six. Um, okay. Yes. So the, the uh, Shepard Rhino is probably one of the best ones, actually. Okay. I, I just noticed something really weird, Gig, and I, I can't figure it out. So maybe, maybe you can. So right now, this 5.7 with the suppressor has 7.5 MOA. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna load in SS190 rounds into it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have any debuffs on accuracy, right? So I'm gonna put it in the mag. Oh wait, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna slap the mag in there, and then mm-hmm. you know there's no change on the MOA, right? And I'm hovering over it, and then I release, and it drops to eight point two five. Sure, there's no debuff. Yeah, I just looked. Oh, what the? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I don't understand. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is what is this? What is this wizardry? I mean, I've got a five seven here with seven point five. Have any other rounds? Mm. I have L one nine. Have I got SS one ninety? I do have SS one ninety. We're, we're trying this live then. Oh, even L one nine's different. It lowers it, but by a different value. Why does that change it? Oh, but actually, L191 has minus 4% listed. So SS190 must have something listed that's not actually showing up. I have 193. Let me just see what 193 does. This is a complete side tangent, but... This is a really side, super side tangent. Uh, the best place to go for this mm, must be might a, be a hidden stat. no foods one eft ammo let me have a quick look because i think some of the wiki stuff gets done manually no there's no there's no there's nothing on it it's a bug report that is weird huh that is weird you said it Yeah, it goes from 7.5 to 8.25. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think the value is 
if I had to guess, because the L191 dropped it by... Oh, I could just look real quick. It looks like it's 10%. Actually, yeah, I think you're right, because it's way more. Let's see, so... Yeah, so it looks like it's 10%. L191 what? dropped it by 8.58, which is... Which is 14.5%, or 14.4%, but its accuracy debuff should only be 4 so it's almost as if there's an extra 10% being applied there for like no reason. Dude, I don't know. I'm, I don't... I've, I've also got SS197SR, which has actually got a 10% positive accuracy debuff. If I put that in, if I put that in, nothing happens. <laughs> Do you... And I think this might be because, I think this might be because the 5.7 I was going to say has, has ss one ninety. Seven SR is its default bullet. Oh, interesting. Which it which it indeed does. So the so the five sevens default stats are shown with the ten percent accuracy buff by default. And when you put SS one ninety in, that's changing it from plus ten to zero. Uh. Because it uses SS one ninety seven SR as its default round. What about the another mystery solved? <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on now. Let's not jump to conclusions. <laughs> do you have a? Well, that's it. Do you have? That's the reason. Do you have another? Uh, five seven round in a different weapon that uses a different default round. <laughs> well, the only other alternative is the P ninety. Yeah. Um, what does the P ninety use? Probably the same. If I had to guess. Probably the same. Let's have a look. Yeah, use one one ninety seven SR. Either as well. which way, do you still have a P ninety on hand? I don't think so. I'll I'll snag it real quick for the for the content. Okay. This is Go what on, everyone's man. dying to know. <laughs> no, but seriously, I love how like they uh, they do the pistol change right, and it's like you know the uproar from like the community. <laughs> There's like the the small subsection of like pistol users who are like just you know. The world's on fire. They're freaking out, and the issue is like, whoa, whoa, don't, don't mess with the pistol users. Holy crap! You, know I mean? it's like, you mess yeah. with the wrong community. <laughs> Harry in chat just asked a good question, which is, is that the same for all guns? That the default gets worse? I would say no. It really depends on which, where, like what the ammo is that BSG have decided is the default for that particular gun. If you go on the wiki for any weapon, let's just look up like. Uh, Let's just look up the org for argument's sake <clears throat> on the wiki. On the right hand side, so the default bullet for that is 556 FMJ. And that doesn't have any debuffs or anything. So if you put in something else with no debuff, then it will just be it'll just be the same. It won't change. It's only because in this particular case, they've just picked a bullet that has an accuracy change on it. So what what that means is that when the when the gun is empty, for for purposes of this anyway. When the gun is empty, it acts as if it has a, a, that round inside. Mm. That's what it means, right, for the, for the gun. So if you put SS197SR in, nothing changes on the stats. But if you put another round in, it will then show the stats for, for that. Um, and this all comes back to like the zeroing thing, right? Like All the zeroing parameters are all set for the default bullet that fits with that weapon. Yeah. So if you're using a P90 or a 5.7, the zeroing is always for SS197SR even if you're using a different bullet and there's no way of changing it. So you just, if there's, 
if there's a big difference in speed, for example, if you're using a P90 with uh, SP193, which is the subsonic brand, which is, goes at like one third the speed of some of the others, the default zeroing is still for SS197SR. So your bullets will drop a lot more yeah. than you would expect. So you zero it to 100 meters, but that's 100 meters for a supersonic round. So when you fire the subsonic round, it just like falls way short. It's always been an issue in Tarkov. And then shotguns are the other way, right? So shotguns are all got buckshot as their default zeroing, which is crazy because like who cares anyway about the buckshot zeroing? They should all be zeroed for slugs in my opinion. Um, so when you use a slug in them, buckshot falls off super fast. So when you fire at 100 meters zeroing with a slug, it's firing it as if you're trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. paintball it <laughs> over 100 meters with buckshot. And so the slug goes like way up into the sky. That's why you never, ever, ever use zeroing with slugs at all. And even with 50 meter zeroing, like super performance ends up going like, you know, you have to shoot them in the chest, hit them in the head, that kind of thing. I've seen some clips of Tower using a shotgun with a scope and a slug, and you would literally like aim below, like at the target's crotch at distance and get a shooter board kill. I'm like, what kind of wizardry are you on, sir? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Which, by the way, to confirm, you know, yeah, it turns out, Giga, you 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 may have hit the. Well, let's see. You're you're the human calculator. I'm sorry, you've been reduced to human calculator, but this is <laughs> 3.75 Moa. I slap in, you know, I, I put the default round in. Nothing changes, so mm-hmm. that that looks that looks correct, right? And then I put in SS190, so that goes from uh, what is that? 3.75 to 4.13. Three point seven five. I mean, I've, I've used an actual calculator, right? <laughs> oh, shh. But it's, uh, yeah, it's 10%. They don't have the money. It's 10%. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mystery solved. Mystery solved live on Scab Talk. <clears throat> there you are. So, anyway, long, long, story, long story short, VSG did something horrible to pistols. I don't know exactly what change it was. We didn't have it for long enough for me to figure out exactly what they'd done, but they've undone it along with all the other stuff. I do think, like, if if any of these issues had been kind of isolated, I don't think they would necessarily have, like, rolled back the patch. But this was in tandem with, obviously, something that's, like, unlisted there, which is that everybody's frames, and especially on streets, were just absolutely demolished upon the introduction of this patch. No one really need, seems to know why, exactly, why that happened. But, uh, yeah, just, like, annihilated everyone's frames. So people were using, you know, supercomputer PCs and had, like, 40 FPS scoped on streets, which is just mad. So that combined with the pistols thing that everybody hated. I say like, you know, most people hated it. I could say like a lot of, even, even the people who were sympathetic were like, I can see where they're going with this, but they have done it wrong. <laughs> you know? So it's like the pistols thing, the streets frames thing. And I think maybe like, I think Shoreline and maybe Lighthouse were pretty bad as well. They did something so that frames were just disgusting. And then the armor thing, which is just like not fixed and it's just, still not really you know uh, as they wanted uh they ended up like rolling the whole thing back so yeah we're gonna have to wait and see what happens and they said you know we're gonna change it with community feedback or whatever so i threw my hat in the ring and i'm sure other people will be talking to them and just seeing what you know they're gonna be looking at the community seeing what people are saying and figure it out like you know we'll see we'll see so yeah unceremoniously they rolled back the patch and unfortunately that comes with with it, all of the other stuff, like the th- some of the good stuff, like the rollback of class two to class three for some of those armors we talked about a minute ago, the left side shoulder scope, you know, increase, which has come back again, which is actually quite good. Um, and then we've also, I think, because there was like a really significant decrease in the number of 
scavs at one point, but scavs seem to have come back too. Like, I'm not sure exactly how far they've rolled back to or like what changes they made as yeah. well with the rollback because like obviously snow went, but that didn't happen like that didn't coincide with the patch because when they first rolled the patch out, the snow was still there and then they turned the snow off and now we've rolled back with the snow's obviously still off. So, not 100% sure exactly the parameters of, of their rollback, but it has, it has indeed been rolled back, which was you know, definitely a good thing. Because it was, uh, it was kind of scuffed. It was kind of scuffed for multiple reasons. Which is not really great. Now, I guess, I guess we should talk about like probably the most controversial part of the patch. Being that they updated, rather they were going to basically like add some ways of doing things like, what, what does the line actually say? If you read it out. In the near future, the in-game stash expansion and access to the practice co-op mode will become available for purchase in the profile page on the official Escape from Tarkov website. Line 2. Purchase of additional stash lines will be available regardless of game edition. Line 3. Purchasing access to the practice co-op mode will be available for all editions. For Edge of Darkness owners, the ability to play in practice co-op mode is available by default. Yeah. So every single person under the sun shouted microtransactions in Tarkov <laughs> and, and the, you know, the sort of semi-chaos ensued. I mean, it was what I found quite funny is that <clears throat> originally, so originally it was just like, you know, that information came out and people were talking about it. And uh, some, some guys in my Discord were talking about it as well and like pointed towards a Reddit thread where it was being discussed. And uh, Reddit was actually quite uh, reasonable and level-headed about the whole topic. Which I was amazed at. And it was mainly Twitter that was blowing up. But then Nikita ended up actually putting a post on Reddit being like, yeah, we want to add purchasable options, remove DOD, and some need to go back. For, co- like, for example, co-op offline. Like, yeah, kind of. Um, like, it needed to be, it needed to reappear in the player base in some fashion because there was no way to actually get access to it anymore. Whether it needed to be, like, purchasable per se is you know, up for debate. But they did a micro-patch the other day which people could be confused about what that was for, but they did it kind of in tandem with the website update. And I believe it was basically just linking together, like when you go and pay for co-op offline, which is $10, I believe. Um, when you go and pay for co-op offline, it then you know links to your actual Tarkov account and you can go and play co-op offline straight away once you've paid for it. I'm pretty sure that's all that little patch was for. I mean, I think it's, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I really mind either which way, like $10 for co-op offline. Okay, like I kind of wish that they'd allowed. Like the the best the best situation was just them to allow everybody to use it, right? That would be the best situation, in my opinion. I don't I don't think they necessarily needed to monetize it, honestly, because it's like it's kind of a niche feature, and like you don't really want new players to feel like they have to buy it. I think like the middle ground for me would have been put the purchase option out there, but make it so that EOD players can take in new players. Because right now, oh, I if, see. If not everybody has EOD, right? Yeah, or they or have purchased the thing. You can't all play co-op offline together. Whereas I wish that like you could have like one EOD person who could bring in, you know, yeah, but m- multiple standard people or whatever. I know that that's less money. I understand yeah, about that's that. The, but like, that's gonna... but I feel that that would have been fairer. Like, yeah, and you could still buy it if you wanted to, because that would that would allow like because right now it's basically saying like, yeah, this is like a testing mode, which is fine, you know, and that's that's okay. But like, who's gonna Pay, but I'm not even sure who's going to pay for that. Like maybe some people will, but 
it seems a bit of a weird thing because everybody who's like testing or whatever almost certainly has an EOD account anyway. And then new players, like, do you want to spend like 10 bucks immediately to be able to play offline with a friend? Maybe. Like you've just bought the game? Like maybe? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think what's more interesting is the competition. Like I don't think their product is actually very good because there's no progression and the like features you can select for it right now are, like very limited whereas yeah it's better than it used to be but it's 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 okay whereas the there's a particular like subsection of SP Tarkov it's like not affiliated with official but it's this sort of like rogue online co-op um thing that's been in development that is basically more features and you know has like a community and stuff like it's actually very interesting and like kind of interesting yeah i don't know it's just very interesting like I've, i haven't really looked that much into it but i looked a little into it um yeah so like you know in in some ways i feel like they kind of need like to like they have a little bit of competition i think for the average person it's just going to be way easier to pay 10 bucks but like for some of the more um you know the more enthusiast or the more you know budget conscious people there is an alternative that i think is a better product weirdly enough and yeah. i yeah i feel like they kind of need to step up their game like for 10 bucks i don't really like the the kind of the gravity part too is like you don't progress so like like if you want to practice say uh some type of quest you know colleagues right colleagues part one is that the one where you got to visit all the places on intro line it maybe it's two i can't remember okay either which way you know yeah. first you gotta like get your online account progress to that point and then practice it and then when you're practicing it, you're only practicing against AI. Like, there's no, like, you know, PMC simulation, you know? So it's, like, not really, like, as online. And then anything you do there, you don't really get to keep. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And then you can't, like, change the weather. You can, like, randomize the weather, I think. Or maybe you can change the weather. You can set it now. Yes, it's offline, you can't. But co-op offline, you can yeah normal offline is annoying because it like actually runs on your own pc and you can't do co-op offline on your own yeah it's which is a pain i really wish you could you could i wish you could do co-op offline like well i wish you could do bsg servers offline by yourself okay so this is the this is the thing this is the thing our boss is always 100 percent in co-op mode yes there's no only if you turn them on well you can't but there's no like variable you can't not you can't. turn Fine. them on really yeah when i toggle it sure you... when i toggle it auto checks enable bosses i think i think they but is it 100 percent or is it just chance based? yes yeah, so, so bosses bosses are either off completely or 100 percent. okay so there's none of the like online you know are they actually like there or not kind of thing it's like you know whether they're in the raid or not okay by checking that box or not so you can't change the weather and stuff okay as on so like it's better right it's better than it used to be for sure yeah 
<clears throat> you can spawn all in one place. You can disable energy and hydration. Although it doesn't, it doesn't get rid of it from stims, which is annoying. Anyways, but it's kind of a moot point. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I just feel, I feel like they could have, uh, they could have relaxed the criteria a little bit. Like, how many people are legitimately playing co-op offline? Like, it can't it's, be many people. And that too, I just feel like it's so niche. Like, you're going to only use it a handful of times. I mean, I could be wrong, but... Anyways, I don't know. If if it's it's going to come down to the buyer, if they see the value in it, I, I, I yeah. think they could stand to put a little bit more work into it. Like, it, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess to do, like, an offline progression would be... A nightmare because then you have to have two stashes and one have to be saved locally and you have to like come up with a ui yeah. to like switch or something you know i don't know it's probably that's probably a an ish, a very difficult thing to solve but anyways point being you can buy it for ten dollars if you want <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and then they said or nikita said um so they are going to be adding this stash expansion every version available up to 28 additional lines so it sounds like it's not like you can even like buy the stash space up to eod like you could now it's like eod can buy more stash space as well up to 28 lines which is like another 280 slots which i think i think like how much do you get for a standard account uh account space let me just see hmm. I'm not sure if i can tell straight off the bat i think it might be around that though i think it might be like the amount that you can get in the standard account. <laughs> yeah. Which is know. pretty insane. Gonna You're going like to have like 60. a lot of space. It's going to be a lot of space. Let's see. Tarkov yeah, I guess 28 lines is not actually that much, is it? Space. I know. I just tried to look it up myself because I failed with a two second Google. Wiki. So, yeah, that's going to be. Oh, basic stash 10 by 28. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is a yeah, standard. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a standard. You can buy a whole standard account stash. Okay, here we, I got it right here. Um, you can't see it because formatting. Uh, can I fix that real quick? Uh, there we go. So standard is ten twenty eights. Uh, left behind is ten thirty eights. Prepare is ten forty eights, and then edge of darkness is ten sixty eights. Yeah. So prepare for escape, which is 1048. That's like the second top package, the one just below EOD. I'm pretty sure you can still buy that. And with that one, I'm pretty sure you get the trader rep too. So you can still, because somebody asked a question in chat about whether you could buy trader rep. And uh, I don't think you can explicitly, but like you can still buy <laughs> left behind. Not yet. Wait till they sell individual trader rep package. <laughs> 0.01. $10 for 0.01. <laughs> like Jaeger IRL. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then they, I mean, they did say, uh, so he did say about stash expansions, later you'll have an option to earn the lines in game two without spending any money. So I don't know what that means. Like, if you earn them in the game. Oh, I didn't see that. That's neat. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that a bit like the stash upgrade? Because Maybe. The stash, for the stash upgrade, like, obviously you can't get bigger than the than stash fours. So with EOD, you already start with it. It just means that you can't earn it. So you wouldn't earn it on top. I guess it would be the same thing. You just wouldn't be rewarded with it if you've already paid for it, I suppose. Um, anyway, like, I, I, I don't think it matters enough at this point. Like, we already have such big disparity in stashes between standard and EOD. But I actually don't think that paying for more stash space makes any more difference. 
Like we're already there, I think. If everybody had the same account and then you were suddenly allowed people to buy Sash Space, that would probably give more uproar. But like given that standard and EOD have existed into the mists of time right. for Tarkov, I think that we're going from you know, rather than going from zero to one, we're going from one to one point oh one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Or whatever. And it's like, yeah, some standard people can like pay less than they would have to upgrade it to EOD, but they can buy like a bit more stash space if they want. I think I don't know. I, I'm just not really that fussed about it. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um un- early unlock to clothing, but I guess again you'll be able to unlock that stuff in, in the game as well if you want to. And uh yeah, as as he said, ability to play offline co-op, which they've already rolled out for ten bucks. So yeah, I mean, there was like one reply that he made in the comments, which was it's going to be the same clothing that they have in games. There's going to be nothing stupid. So yeah, it's all going to be military military stuff. It's not like I don't. Th- I actually don't think it's going to be anything different than Ragman services, which again is another thing that makes you think. You know, they're not even putting in. They're just like paying for early access to like stuff that's already in the game. Yeah, which does feel like it does feel a little bit lazy to me. Rather than like, oh, we're not even. You know, we're going to now charge for this stuff. Lazy. <laughs> we're not even gonna like. We're not even gonna like work on any new clothing or <laughs> anything like that. You can just you can just pay for it. I, now. Mean, I mean, it's like it's whatever, right? If people want to pay for it, then like fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really bothered about um, it. I mean, like there's like a little bit of, but not really. I mean, is it really gonna be that much to like day one of the wipe? Some usex got on the all black and is like sitting in the dark corner because he paid ten bucks. Am I gonna be? Like, yeah, probably a tiny micro bit, but, like, it's not nothing. Like, some of these, like, Russ has actually kind of an insane issue with (laughs) skins. It's kind of a fuzz. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's, like, these, like, they have all these, like, you know, colorful skins and, like, these, you know, designs or whatever. But then there's, like, Mm -hmm. a handful of them that are, like, themed, like, uh, forest camo. And it's, like, literally, like, camouflage green forest all for, like, the late, the late, tier stuff so like once you get there yeah. then you spray paint it all green and now you're like just completely blended in with the bush and it's like super meta and people are like they've actually like kind of gone insane with some of the stuff because mm-hmm. there's like doors that like have windows that you can see like all, historically all the doors were solid but now there's like these windows in certain doors and it's a DLC so you can't like because they have like this crafting system with like Steam Marketplace, but now you have to buy a direct DLC, and so it's like thirty dollars or whatever, and it's like kind of like one of those like must-have, you know, try-hard skins that you gotta own. But anyways, I don't think there's gonna be anything remotely like that in Tarkov. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, I, I feel yeah. the same. I'm not really fussed about it. That like it just kind of feels like this has kind of always been the thing, and like we've kind of speculated that like. Nikita says here the game's been running for eight years without any additional flow. Just buy and play forever. Pretty unique situation for games such as EFT. And it's like, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I agree. It's like, and we've said EFT kind of feels like a live service game that's in beta, mm-hmm. which is describes a lot of live service games nowadays. So I don't know, and I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know their finances. I don't know what it's like to run a company and run a studio and you know develop a game for eight years i don't know if they need the money whatever i don't really you know i don't know yeah i, I saw someone like posted like their financial report for you know they profited a million or something it's like i, I don't know dude okay i mean i really don't know so if, if yeah, he, it's hard to glean anything from those 
those things really yeah because i just i don't know i'm i'm so far it's not even worth me speculating so if if they say that he needs the money you know they need the money which i think you know it makes sense eight years you know you this you buy the game once i i paid what 150 dollars you paid 150 dollars yeah we've gotten how many years five four six seven like that's... Yeah, like a lot of a lot of use out of it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, Tarkov's one of those games that does actually justify the fact that the price is so high because of how it's continuously under development. But as as you say, right, it's like it's a weird business model. Like, yeah, you get a big amount up front, but now a lot of the people have already paid for it. So now what? Yeah. Um, and like, I think their plan has changed too. Right, they originally intended it to be <clears throat> like I don't I don't want to be like you know under defend them or anything, but like the you know the, they wanted to make the game. Then, yeah, take the money from that game and then invest it in a new game. Like, God knows whether they actually intend to make the single player thing, Russia 2028, at any point. I have no idea. Like, maybe they've just decided not to. Like, Nikita himself, in various different interviews over the last like three years, has gone from, we just want to be finished and move on to like, you know, yeah. we're going to be here, we're, we're making the game, whatever, right? You know, like sort of em- embracing the live service thing, especially recently. Mm. Like, yeah, they want to push out 1.0, but Nikita sounded very, like, upbeat. And I know things are, you know, they've worked out with Patch 14 and stuff, so that really helped. And But, like, yeah, just this whole tone about it. Like, they've got Arena, which is its own, like, it's, that's got its own issues, whatever. But, like, the team's huge as well. They probably spend, like, way more money now than they used to, um, probably four or five years ago just because the team's got so much bigger and it's just expensive to run a big a big you know, organization like that rather than when you've got like 20 dudes. You know, they're probably like 10 times that or whatever. So I kind of get it. And then I, I wonder just how much revenue they actually got from Arena because most people most people already have EOD, right? So it's it's like how many people actually are then going to buy Arena? Like some people did to skip the queue. Or, yeah, there's that. You know, they had that fiasco. But like, I wonder how much it actually brought in, like realistically. I don't really know. And then the format's been a bit strange and they've got to do a lot of updates to it and, and that kind of thing. And so it's not really like blown up into this like new format that everyone's playing, right? It's like not really how it's how it's gone. Um, so yeah, and I, I, like, I, don't, I don't really mind. I don't really mind too much. Like it's one of those weird things. Like people talk all the time about, like, oh, when's the game going to be finished and blah blah. Like I kind of worry more for when the game's like going to be finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's just like once it's one point like I'm like part of the magic of the game is like you know we've got this coming and that coming. Mm. Like you always feel you feel like you're on the conveyor belt of like things coming in the future. But when they go like right, this is it. It's like oh okay, uh, it's gonna, it'll just feel weird, you know. Like I don't know they said there's DLC and stuff, so I, I think they'll keep trying to. They've they've moved more and more towards the live service model as time's gone on, actually, in many ways. Like they just they gotta get off the treadmill of beta and move it onto live service instead and sort of remonetize somehow, I think. Yeah. 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 I'm I mean I was kinda surprised how many people were like upset. Like some people were like really upset about the clothing unlock stuff, which I you know, I I don't know. I didn't really get. I mean, I guess that's just like something that they value a lot is like this idea that you can't spend money to get cosmetics. You have to work for it. Um hmm. which I you know, sure, I guess. I just for me I just don't it doesn't really bother me. Like I'm usually the type of person like when I play like these types of games, it's like, you know, okay, what can I it's like a it's like a great thing if like they're selling cosmetics 
and then I can like yeah. you know play the game for free, you know, which in this case, and not buy yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. like a great thing for me, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's like I don't. I'm not really bothered by it, but it. I, I kind of feel the same way. It's just like I feel like it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, I kind of get it if it's like really end game achievement stuff. I wonder if they could be i don't know that that'd be more annoying or not like if you'd had if you had some cosmetics were like only purchasable some things were only farmable in the game i don't know whether that would be better or worse that would probably annoy sure. more like, people i would imagine yeah or you can only get like a you can only pay for like a subset of the stuff maybe the things that come with like level or whatever um you know not like killer tracksuit or whatever else you know some of the ones that are like really high-end achievements you want to make sure that when you see somebody or like when somebody sees you with that thing that they know that you did the work you know, like it, just being able to get, you know, the puffy jacket or whatever, which is just a level based thing. That's kind of whatever, because um, I guess you could also know, I suppose, whether that person got it properly or not based on their level um, or they just avoided like paying the rubles for it. But there's nothing like in it. There's nothing like intrinsically difficult about that. You know, so it, I wouldn't mind that you couldn't buy any of the quest ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that you could only buy like the level locked ones because I wouldn't. That, for me, that would feel like kind of fair, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I don't really care. I'm, I'm looking at. I know some people do though. I'm looking at here, and I'm thinking, man, you could just like convert the ruble ratio, like this, this one, this bat's response bear shirt level twenty is uh five hundred thousand rubles. You could just convert it to like five dollars. <laughs> this you're like hmm, uh, RMT. Yeah, yeah. This is what BSG decides <laughs> is the ruble rate, yeah. the IRL. $28 for a level 45 bear Zalson, uh, the top. Yeah. It's RMT. BSG are cornering the market. No. Exactly. Yeah. Once they start selling, like, you know, guns and kits, then I'll have something. But per Nikita, you know, he said that's, that's not going to happen. So. We'll see. Yeah, he did say that. He said no in-game money, items, weapons, blah, blah. Like, there have been a few conversations about, like, like legitimate good faith conversations as well, to be fair, about, like, can you get rid of RMT by introducing your own mm-hmm. RM, yeah, your own RMT? Mm-hmm. By introducing your own RMT shop? Can, you know, could you, do, could you do the services that are being sold out in the market and do them yourself and undermine RMT and solve it that way? I think the issue is my take on that is that if you do it in like a reasonable and measured way and you only sell like lower tier stuff like starter gear and you know new player things whatever then there's still a marketplace for people to sell bp and yeah you know classics plates and da 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 all the stuff that bsg probably won't want to sell themselves and if they do go down the route of selling it themselves then it legitimizes the behavior you probably get more players engaging with it because now it's like you know there's no risk of getting banned for doing it so more people will be you know will want to go and do that thing and then it kind of breaks the progression of the game and then the game's dead so i just i just don't think that i don't think there's a way that you can do it that fixes maybe i'm wrong i don't think there's a way you could do it that fixes the rmt problem because you either have to do it all or it's not worth doing at all yeah when I, I think if you do it all then you compromise the integrity of your game like it's yeah you know it's now especially on like tarkov yeah you throw money at the game you know that's what it becomes mm. and i don't think that's what they want <laughs> and presumably if you're yeah. gonna go all in like you're going to you know cut corner the market you're gonna have the, the i mean the the amount of work the rmt have to put in versus bsg they just you know type in 
pixels <laughs> or you know it's like they they don't have to do any work you know they just list they have to do some startup to make a ui or whatever and from there it's like yeah i mean could you imagine it's just like you go on their website it's like a flea market and it's just <laughs> you just type in whatever you want and it gives you a dollar value like you build a kit out <laughs> a preset and you just buy and yeah, it appears and God, stuff. Sounds, like, off we go sounds awful yeah yeah it doesn't sound it doesn't sound good it doesn't sound good so yeah i just don't think you can fix it like that and there was the, just the last thing there were some people that were like upset via principle like because nikita has said that they're never gonna do microtransactions and then suddenly there's microtransactions you know which i you know i kind of get that the principle part but like at the same time i just felt like if the game was going to be going on for this long, it just feels kind of inevitable that they're going to have to do something. Like, we thought it was going to be DLCs, but, like, even then, there's, like, questions about that. And I imagine the bulk of their sales was EOD, which, you know, they put away the EOD, which I thought that way they could package out individual stuff, like the DLCs, but... Looks like they took a step further and now they're packaging out, you know, stash space and golf offline, which, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I, I kind of see what they're saying, but at the same time, I just feel like the this was like the the inevitable outcome at some point. You know, they were going to do something. Yeah, I think if so. we want to like, keep playing the game we, for another however many years. Yeah, exactly. If you want to play the game for another five years, then, yeah, I think we have to. But um. I think like the main concern that people have um, primarily is just about the slippery slope. Like, is this the beginning of all sorts of shenanigans? I like, I don't think it is, but you know, you can see why people might be concerned about that. Like, I agree with you. I think that the situation has changed because the game has been going on for so long. Like, people are show this video keeps floating up about Nikita talking like at some early. St- I can't remember when. When is it? Is it like 2018 or something? And I was just like, oh, 2018, but you know, not forgetting that it's 2024, right? And that's like six years ago. Like a lot has changed in six years. I don't think they expected to still be working on the Tarkov project the way they are now, right? We're, we're like, we're rapidly approaching the actual time for the game that they meant to make. Like, I don't know when they meant to make Russia 2028, but like 2028 is not actually that far away. Mm-hmm. Like if they, they don't start, you know, if, if they don't start working on it soon, they're going to be releasing it in the past, which is... Uh, you know, so I don't even know if they have any plans to make this thing anymore. Who knows? I mean, that's pure speculation, but I don't know. Like, I feel like they've run the Tarkov thing out for longer than they expected. And that's why the plans have changed. I mean, you know, people have had to change their mind. Like, we shouldn't crucify them for it. I think it's fine. And uh, yeah, it's like so far, it's stash space, co op offline, and some clothing that you can get in game yourself. Like, as a starting point, that, that's all right. You know, if it turns into like weapon skins that are all military realistic, whatever, and you can also get them in game for achievements and stuff, like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like, so long as they continue to toe the line with sensible stuff and they don't, and they don't take the piss, then I think it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate slippery slope fallacies. And, and I do believe that this is a fallacy. It's like, you know, it's like the, with the, the goat cheating video, it's like, don't watch the video, guys, or, or you'll become a cheater. Oh, what are you, are you talking? Like that. No. <laughs> it's like I don't know, dude. It's yeah, yeah. I'm not really concerned about it. Yeah. So that was the patch, basically, um, and the unpatch. So we're now back on 14.0.2 after the micro patch that allows you to buy co-op offline. So if you want to buy co-op offline, 
then you now can buy Corp offline for ten dollars. I don't know what it is in Europe because once you once you have or already if you have EOD, you can't actually see what the price is. So somebody European would have to tell me what it what it is. But it's probably <laughs> knowing the way that these things get priced, it's probably ten euros. You know, just to just f you to, <laughs> to, to Europe in general. Um, probably just one to one, despite that not being the case. But uh, either which way, they've checked the other stuff that has changed. Uh, the boss spawn rates are up again. Yet again, um, and I think they're now at 24%, which is quite good. Um, and then the other thing, but just before we get into like the other stuff, should we do, should we just talk about the arena roadmap for a minute? Yeah. Uh, this literally came out this morning because this is like just continuously parts of PSG's updates of whatever. So uh, let me, let me fetch it. Hold on. They just posted it before we started, actually. So they've got, it is 10 euros. Somebody's like, oh, someone's. Just logged out and checked. It's actually just 10 euros. That's like so sad to me. But anyway. Anyway, so preliminary roadmap to Escape for Tarkov Arena. 0.1.5 gameplay patch. End of Feb. This one is improvements to the ranked mode, preset tier system, and the ability to select a preset tier before matchmaking. Which is quite intriguing. So this is this sort of solves like I know Veritas did a big video about like how to fix Arena and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are ways that are like really cool, but I just, I, I think that even he said, right, some of them are too radical to actually get implemented or whatever. But this like selecting a preset tier does fix that matchmaking thing of kits being, you know, crazy. So you have to decide like where you want to sit in the tier system first before you then can go and pick a kit, which just allows them to matchmake correctly. It's like the ordering, based on the structure they've got right now, the ordering is wrong, right? And they kind of hot fixed it by giving it an average of the last five raids, but they don't know what kit you're going to pick, so they were not able to matchmake you properly. Because you could pick like a starter kit and then an end game kit and a starter kit and it was all just messed up. So now you're gonna have to pick a, a kit first and then um oh sorry, a, a kit tier first and then a kit out of that tier afterwards, which he- will help with the matchmaking. Um I mean we'll we'll see. We'll see how it how it ends up working. But uh yeah. I mean I I still think that the game structure should be changed, but whatever. You know, we're working with what we've been given. Um, preset system rework, complete rebalance, improvements to preset leveling. Um, I don't know whether that will allow you to level like later presets using like two before and stuff like that, because that would be quite nice. Like but having, having to use them one after the other after the other, even if you hate them, is like a pain. Being able to play like a level one kit and level a level three kit would be kind of fun and stuff like that. Um, and then they've got uh, team limits on buying the same presets in a match. It doesn't say what it's going to be, but this was something that I thought probably was going to be necessary. Like I personally think the limit should be two. So you can have two of the same kit on each team, but no more. So that stops you from doing the thing that we saw in the first tournament, which was you know, every single person running agents and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's better. It doesn't say then, how many uh, yeah, limits, though. It just says... It doesn't. It doesn't. So we're not sure. It could be one. It could be two. It could be three. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Hitbox and armor system from Escape from Tarkov. This is controversial. No, Lots of the people who play arena and, and like a main arena really don't want this. Yeah. As we know, it fundamentally changes the balance of the game. It increases the variability of the kills. I wonder whether, I mean, ultimately, it's ultimately whether it'll end up being better for it. I don't honestly know. Like, it's just, it's just hard. It's so hard to know right now. In some ways, because it increases the variability of the kills, it actually makes it easier to balance. Because all like because crappy low level kits with like Quake Maker or whatever are like much more powerful now. 
and powerful kits with high pen ammo like less valuable right because the armor is so much smaller so it kind of depends on the way you see it but the knee-jerk reaction is for sure that they you know this is going to be bad um and i think that in a competitive mode it's so hard for me to say in a competitive mode it probably is because you want this in, a, in an actual pure competitive sense you want the skill cap to be as high as possible and I do feel like increasing the variability of the kills and kind of increasing the randomness of the fights, which is sort of how the armor system works now, is not necessarily the best. But we'll, we'll just have to see. They're going to do it regardless, so <laughs> we're just going to have to see. Um, and then some improvements to custom lobbies, so configure configurable available presets. So I think that means you'll be able to like pick a selection of the presets, because that's how they did it in the first tourney. They didn't like release the rule set like publicly. Um, because it was the first one and they didn't want to give anything away because it was like the reveal, like kind of the reveal at the same time. But, you know, there was like a certain specific subset of presets that were actually picked for the tournament and it wasn't like layered in particular. It was like, you know, uh, which was the one? There's the one with the STM with AP, which is like low down in the ranking system, but it's actually relatively high in terms of power. So it was like that one plus like a loading class three and like one or two in class four, that kind of thing. So you'll be able to like pick individual presets. This is for tournaments that have got their own like custom rules, I think. Or if you want to, if you need to like ban a kit, then you can just like not have that included. I think that's what that'll be. Configurable character skill levels. So everyone's at like 51 or whatever. Configurable number of rounds needed for victory. Um, because I think right now, like in the tournament, it was seven, and then at the minute, I think it's five, and you can't change it at the moment. Um, and pre-configurable team names. They're adding another location for team fight mode, which it's already in existence, but you can only play it in certain um in certain modes at the moment, they're adding it in team fight and then some optimization. So that's what's coming hopefully by the end of February. Um, Mid-spring, they're adding a new... So this one's the, one point, the 0.1.6 content patch in mid-spring. There's going to be a new map called Block, a new game mode called Last Hero. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what that... That always sounds like a sort of mini Battle Royale mode. I, I, don't, I don't know what that really in, entails. Um, the Unranked mode, which in my opinion, they should have put like... Well, tomorrow is better than next week uh, yesterday would have been better than today like unranked just needs to come asap in my opinion some quality of life stuff um cleanup crew behavior improvements doesn't say what it is so hard to know what that's going to be game client anti-cheat oh and uh, and this is the big one synchronization of escape from tarkov and arena game profiles so i guess this is going to be the linkage where you can you know move money and, and whatnot exactly what format that's gonna gonna take i don't really know i mean using the systems right now like if you are in a sensible ARP range, like you don't really need the cash. Like it doesn't necessarily help. So I, I don't really know how that's going to end up. Uh, what impact that's going to have. I'm not sure. Uh, like you grind unranked to get your cash up and then play ranked with your cash. They use the good well, I don't know if you're even going to get cash for that. I'm not sure. No, as in just, even just as in... Hmm. Like if you're even if you play ranked with the lower kits, like you and you have a 50 50 win rate, you still make money because the lower kits are kind of cheap. Mm -hmm. So until oh. you get later on, like the money's not really a problem. So, like moving money into arena isn't really a big issue. I don't know whether you'll be able to move money back out. Oh, really I see. I see. Yeah. I don't but know. I just, yeah, like because. You know, people were speculating that you'd be able to like bring tons of money and gear over from the base game <clears> into <throat> arena and like dominate everybody but like it's not really how arena works so i just don't know if it's even like do you need to bring rubles over like unless you're losing a lot and like losing every match or whatever then I i'm not really sure 
and the implementation of over overtime in team fight. Whatever that exactly means. I'm not sure. Then there's the midsummer one. Preset customization, ability to modify equipment presets and the weapons in them, which is pretty cool. Is pretty another cool. location, another game mode, technical functions, quality of life, custom lobby improvements, match history, player profiles, and achievements. So like that's just very like, you know, whatever, like nebulous stuff that's coming. So I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. I've like not really played much arena recently because of the way that the system kind of works and um also for me it just still takes a bit too long to get in and get a match and i just i just kind of want to play unranked like i don't really want to be matched with people i just i don't care about my rank so much i just want to play i just want to play i just want to play like deathmatch or something and just like run around and shoot um like i don't need a highly structured arena style gameplay for my you know enjoyment right like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna play tarkov to play it like seriously i just want to like run around and shoot stuff in arena so when they add it unranked and hopefully the cycle could be a bit quicker because there's less matching and blah blah hopefully that'll be a bit better but they're yeah, playing it as a solo like the matching time's quite long and then with the cancellations and getting in loading yeah. in and then the announcer and all this stuff like it just takes a bit too long they to should have like a free-for-all mode that's like you know maybe it runs for like 15, 20, 30 minutes, and like if someone disconnects, the lobby opens up, and then you know, you just connect in and you spawn in, and you just, you know, you die, your screen goes black for a few minutes, and then you know, comes back up and you respawn, you know, just mindlessly shoot things. That would be, uh, I'm sure a lot of people like that because in the queue times would probably be pretty Mm. low, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Like, I, it's, that, it's funny, right? Like, maybe, maybe I'll play a bit more Arena once I've got to 42. I'm not sure. I'm at 40. Yeah, 40 right now. So, like, I'm getting closer. But, uh, yeah, I just, like, don't feel super compelled at the minute to go and grind that or whatever. And, like, playing it solo as well. It's, like, like it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. But, yeah, as I said, it's just not quite as fast-paced. Like. I originally had the intention of starting and ending streams with it. Oh, yeah. But it's like, the last time I tried to end a stream with it, it took like, you know, 15 minutes to actually go through and play like a full match. 15, 20 minutes. Like once I was loading the game, mm-hmm. queuing in, picking the kits, getting in, all that stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I still haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I don't think you're missing out on too too much yet right like if you've seen the way it plays like that's kind of it right yeah and like the progression system i don't find that compelling it'd be nice when, if you can change bits of your presets and stuff that'll be cool I'll, I'll enjoy that because right now it feels like yeah it's kind of static and the leveling system is very linear and very grindy and i just don't really want to do lots of grind mm-hmm. you know like i don't have that much time just to to grind stuff like Otherwise, I'd, I'd stream the main game longer, honestly, like if I had that time. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like one of those weird things where it's like, okay, well, if I'm playing this and I'm not playing that, it's like an opportunity cost thing. So like, I, I definitely don't have infinite time just to like play or whatever. Like it'd be a different story if I was just free, you know, all evening or whatever to do, to do whatever. But like, I'm just so busy. It makes it kind of hard. So... I think that's the basic Tarkov-y stuff. 
What do you want to do? Do you want to carry on talking Tarkov? Do you want to talk bosses or and and the file stuff, or do you want to talk? Do you want to take a break from Tarkov for a second and move over to Grey Zone? Because we've been, we've been saying we're going to talk about Grey Zone for ages. Um, yeah, we could talk about it. We could do that, and then we can swap back to like your your boss, the boss hunting experience, and then talk a bit about the file at the end, maybe. Uh, yeah. So Grey Zone. Um. Sure, people are vaguely familiar with it, but it's from Madfinger Game Studio, who previously worked on mobile titles. But don't let that worry you, because the dev team themselves are very experienced in the industry, been around for a while, and a lot of their mobile games are pretty popular, from what I've understood. Now, I have heard that too. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I said I've heard that as well, honestly. And I think they said that they brought some, they've got some like PC people in, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like developers for actual, have got a lot of experience developing like PC titles yep. previously. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think the studio looks pretty, pretty good. And the, so essentially they, you know, through some form or another, they wanted to make this, type of like realistic military game and they hired a person who like essentially worked as a PMC private military personnel or whatever um who like got into the game and then realized this is like a young man's game <laughs> and then like saw some stuff that like you know kind of scarred them for life and like okay it's time to get out and so they like written some books and and whatnot, but anyways, they they're using him as like a resource, and so he's like familiar with like the private militarized you know industrial complex or whatever. And it's it's really interesting because I've never really thought about this before, but it makes perfect sense. Like they're like guns for hire, and so you like have really no loyalty. Like you know, like whereas like a UN, you may be like fighting for like a cause or like you know. Mm a certain morale and then like maybe a nation's army is fighting for like a flag but the people like this are fighting pmcs are fighting for money you know like they they really don't yeah it's, it's a it's a gray zone you could say <laughs> it's not really black and white so which is i've never really thought about that but like it makes perfect sense and it's kind of the perfect setting for a game like a military a, a military game you know like it'd be kind of weird to like play a very like hyper nationalized video game you know i mean we kind of <laughs> have a little bit of that but like there's been some pretty like shout outs to uh oh crap what is that one game called now i can't remember i have to look this up because this game is an insanely good um let's see it's a uh, third-person military shooter, but it's, like, very, uh, story-driven, and, um... Is it an old one? It's an older one, yes. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I just, I have to look this up, because it's, it, it actually got removed from Steam recently, which a lot, a lot of people were upset about. Oh. Uh, let's see if I can't just Google search it real quick. 
One thing that's in, while you're searching, one thing that's interesting about the PMCs thing in this one is that, like, yeah, Tarkov is PMCs as well, mm-hmm. but we don't really do PMC things in Tarkov, right? Because like we're not, it's it, we're like PMCs that are being cut off, and then we're playing sort of like survival kind of like Tarkov's not really a survival game, but you you know what I mean, right? It's like survivally looter shootery type right you're not doing you're not you're not a gun for hire anymore you're trying to just like not die <laughs> in the land of tarkov so we don't really do even though we are pmcs that's kind of more of our background where rather than in gray zone where it's like you are a pmc you know you are the gun for hire in that point like you're doing the thing that i guess tarkov dudes were doing before because like you know if you were a usec in the tarkov universe previously you would have been working for like terror group, for example. You'd be doing like terror group stuff. And so that's kind of what these guys are doing. This is like Tarkov before the fall, kind of the vibe, I think. Yes. Found it, by the way. Spec Ops the Line. Uh, fantastic game. If you get your hands on it, play it. It's it's really good. It's like kind of like tricks you. Like you think you're playing like a generic military shooter game, but then it really like messes with your psyche and like it really makes you think about deep shit it's it's a, it's a great game um so yeah it's kind of the, the pmc is kind of like the perfect setting because now you're you're and it works in tarkov because you're like you know getting rubles and stuff you know progressing like it makes sense right so let me just pull up my little document here and i'll talk about some of the Features. Now, one thing I will say is if you're really interested in this game, you need to go check out some of the interviews. There's some online by the actual studio that are like private. Like there was one with like the, I think it was the quest designer who was like a, because this studio is based in, I think it's based in the Czech Republic. I'm not sure. I think they are, yeah. Um, and the quest designer, like the, the head, I think he was like the head quest designer, but he was like basically a theater kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he plays video games, of course, but he was like really in the theater. And then he was like, you know, he's being interviewed by someone at the studio and, you know, they were, they were like, you know, so yeah, how much do you know about like, you know, military stuff? And he's like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, yeah, I've gotten into it. You know, I like it. Like it's cool stuff, you know, this and the other, but you know, he's, you could just, he's like basically just a kid that loves to like, you know, live action role play. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, let me, oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. The, yeah. So if you want to check out some of their interviews, if another really good one is from, I think it's pronounced Relo Gaming, who does like Tarkov content as well. Um, but they recently like primary, I think they previously started doing a lot of shorts or were doing a lot of shorts. But now they're doing more long form stuff. And I watched a few of their long form stuff. It was very good actually. Like shout outs to Relo Gaming. Uh you should definitely check out. They got he's got like a cup he's got like a couple different ground zero videos, specifically an interview with the developer. Um with tons of details. So I like highly recommend checking that out, which you know, a lot some of the stuff is gonna be sourced from that. So Let's start with the lore slash story teaser. Um, it says here, we are working with a military advisor to create quests that prioritize realism and logic, no mundane item hunts or set events. Okay, 
speak my language is was what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, branching decisions affecting reputation of the traders, or sorry, with the characters, and unlock new possibilities, weapons, and gear. There is a story to engage with if you want. So the game is going to be uh, there's going to be PvP, PVE. However, there's two separate servers. There's one that's exclusively PVE, and then one that's like inclusively PVE, PVP, right? And there's like factions, <laughs> and you got uh, you know AI, and, and I'll talk about that a bit more. But just kind of jumping around here, um, they say that they're pretty happy with the so the the person that they are working with the i think this is the per- might be a different one but anyway says he's pretty happy with the realism game says there's some compromises but he's overall pretty ha- happy the toughest part of the job was learning all the old world war ii weapons to do mocap with them uh animations are custom etc uh favorite thing about great zone warfare is that there's no hand holding uh fell out of love with the big rpgs when he started putting quest markers everywhere i think this is from the relo gaming interview uh this is the like studio lead maybe possibly i forget mm. but uh forcing players to look at their environments carefully attention the briefings searching the environment uh previous games they had a lot of control over quest player experience but because of the living world aspect of the game as the writers have much less control his job is made really difficult had to re-educate himself on for this challenging task he really likes it uh the game will be on the first drops ton of stuff will be added over time so it's gonna be it's a big open big world it's technically an extraction shooter but kind of not really but you like you extract an infill via helicopter i believe and you can stay as long as you want right so it's it's kind of like the cycle that we talked about um which is super cool because it means that there's no like base like in the cycle and there's no base like in tarkov as a stash so you're always like you're always in the game which is great. You go from like the main base and then you go to one of the infills, like you get the helicopter flies you there. And then I get, I don't know whether you can even just like go to another, another pad as an exfil. I don't really know exactly how you call that or whether it's like set already. But yeah, as they said, you can stay for as long as you like. And like the way that the servers are designed, as far as I understand is that I think it's like, cause there's three PMC factions and mm-hmm. there's one in each corner. It's like a triangle. Yes. And then it's like eight people in each faction. So there's like 24 players on the server. So you might not see people for a while. It's good. I think it's going to feel more like Daisy like in some yeah. ways than, than Tarkov like. And, and most of the focus is on the PVE, not on the PVP, which is like super cool. So like, I think it was even hints. I don't know whether this is going to be the case 1.0, but there's even hints of like, you could find more like LZs. If you find like another landing zone that like gets added to your map, maybe you can like use that for infills in the future and maybe exfil out of that and stuff. So like, as you sort of expand through the map, you kind of uncover stuff and, they get like added to your map as you go, which is really cool. Like that's a, that's a cool thing that I would love. I love that sort of progression. You feel like you're exploring and like finding stuff, and then it's like marked on your map. Like that feels really really good to do, uh, which is which is sick. Yeah, it says here you can either walk to points of interest or fly a little bird to landing zones that you have previously discovered. So I guess like as you mm. discover the map and locations, you'll like be able to travel traverse further, and then you can also choose your own landing zone. Um, which is pretty neat, and I think as you said, yeah, like you have those three different faction bases, and you can like, I think you can visit them, or you can start there or something. But like, that's like where you store stuff, but it can't be like raided or anything like that. So you know, you don't have to worry about that type of gameplay. Um, just trying to skip around here because there's just a lot of notes. Uh, let's see. 
so story is influenced by Roadside Picnic, and which is what the movie Stalker is based off of, and the movie Stalker is based off the video, or sorry, the the video game Stalker is based off the movie Stalker, and essentially it just has to do with like this Stalker. Yeah, it's kind of a the the main point is like. There's like this zone that's, you know, off limits, exclusion zone, right? And it's, you know, and I don't think there might be possible aliens, like, you know, stuff like this, but that's kind of more the fictional stalker video game stuff, my understanding. Um, yeah, I've, not, I've actually not, I've not read the book, I've not seen the film, and I've not played Stalker. I played either, a little bit of Stalker. Which is like, I really want, I should at some point, I really should. Like on the bucket list. Yeah. But I think that's the main thing is like there's a zone that's like off limits, you know, it's like kind of like how Tarkov, you know, Tarkov, something has gone awry and this zone is like off limits and it's not friendly to people and there's military stuff going on. I think that's the general idea. So Ground Zero is the center of the map. It's extremely deadly. Uh, there's storyline player choices, branching quest trees. They want a living world where players can make impact. Bandit camps that can be taken over. All AI on the map are bad guys or criminals, uh, military dictators or bandits. Um, if you watch AI, they will be doing things for their faction, not just wandering circles or standing there. Some immediately attack <laughs> you. Some will wait and only attack if you don't obey their commands or enter their secure locations. The PMC groups are identical, just with different markings and logos, since the map contains 16 of each PMC group at a time some other players you encounter will be friendly and there isn't oh it's 16 okay that's more than i thought i thought it was eight yeah there is an interesting 16, bit about like factions and it might be late down here later in the notes um yeah yeah but anyways the the oh here we here we go identification friend or foe will be a big part of the game it won't be easy to tell if the other pmc are your faction or not, you have to make a decision for yourself. Don't be trigger-happy. Karma System will have major penalties for killing your own faction. If you kill a member of your own faction, they will have the option to forgive you in-game, or if they know that it was deliberate, they can report you to your faction. Gain the reports, and you'll be kicked out of your faction become rogue. Don't want friendly fire to be something you need to, gain, to do to gain anything in the game, so still investigate how to become rogue. Want players to think about pulling the trigger, which... Sounds pretty cool to me. It's kind of like what I want with like this whole karma PMC thing. That's like it's kind of like this idea I talked about in Rust a lot, where you know Rust is a survival game. You know, every man for himself. However, two heads are better than one. You know, <laughs> so yeah. And there's a lot of times where you know you're surviving. You you build a base, and then you have neighbors. You don't really want to be a dick to your neighbor. I mean, you can. You can't do that, but now you're going to be at odds, and like you guys gotta have have to live next to each other, you know. So like it's kind of in both of your best individual interests to work together, or at mm. least be friendly, you know. It's like sometimes like yeah, at least leave each other alone. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I quite like, you know. I like I like about that. Sometimes there's scenarios where like you you know you may have a common enemy, you know. Maybe you mm. and your neighbor's cool, but like this other neighbor is a dick. So you and him you know, want to get revenge on this dick neighboring and a victim, basically, you know, I, I, I quite like that. And it's like this, this little like 
weird, I mean, not really weird, but sort of like this social element injected into the multiplayer video game. You know, it's not quite like, yeah. uh, you know, these like social deduction games, but it, it has that same sort of vibe where it's like, you know, I have to think about my actions and the consequences in the social setting, how this will ripple effect. You know, if I betray this guy, he may hold a grudge against me and he may door camp me for like the next five hours. And that's going to be really annoying. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you have to really think about these things. I like that a lot. And I was really hoping to be something like that in Tarkov at some point. But anyways, with Grey Zone, it sounds like they're thinking about that same sort of idea and even introducing this sort of like, you know, you, you, you there's this in-game punishment where like now you'd lose this faction privilege and now you're sort of rogue, which is, I don't know, it, it, it could be pretty interesting if, if they can uh, do it right, I would say. Yeah, I think the, the main difference between, because everyone's really concerned if they ever do put PMC Karma into Tarkov, which I fully understand why, because like Tarkov's like, Tarkov's like a PvPVE, right? Like, right. You don't play Tarkov to fight scavs. You not know? really. Like, this is not what we play. It's mainly a PvP game. It's like Greyzone has said they're like PvE first and foremost, and then the, the extra P is there as a possibility, but like they have said that you won't get... There are no tasks in the game that will require yes. you to kill another player. Like in Tarkov, you have to kill lots of people yeah. for all sorts of tasks, right? And so that would be really annoying because it's kind of then at odds with what your mission is. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's also hard to identify people. Whereas in Grey Zone, it's like, well, that's not your mission anyway. So now it really is your decision as to whether you kill them or not. And I think the idea is, especially after listening to, you know, the ex-PMC dude talking, because I did watch that interview and it is very interesting, about how we've got these three PMC factions that are all like working for the same ends, but your missions don't necessarily like cross over. So you're not, you're not really enemies per se. Mm. But you also don't want to end up bumping into each other. Otherwise, you know, you may end up in like a messy conflict. The only thing that concerns me about it a little bit is again, like, will we have the tools to, because they've said, oh yeah, it's going to be really hard to tell. And it's like, it depends on what like the penalties are. I just don't know how that's going to feel when you play, whether it's going to be like, you know, you do make a mistake and like, who's realistically online, who is going to forgive you if you are just some random guy, like they're just going to punish you. Right. So you will it end up being that like no PMCs ever kill each other a bit the way like Scav Karma works now. So it's it's one of those weird things. It'll be fascinating to see how the emergent gameplay actually works for that and whether that like maybe that will make sense. Maybe it will be okay because of the PVE focus rather than the PvP focus like in Tarkov. So maybe it'll end up being all right. Um, but I could just sort of like I could see a few different ways that it could go. One of them being that like PvP just never happens because you never know if they're on your own faction or not. So it's just like never worth pulling the trigger like for their gear or whatever, because the faction rep, it, again, it depends on like how much faction rep is worth, how hard it is to get, how easy it is to lose, how much that is against like the gear. You know, if the gear is like super valuable and faction rep is easy to get, then you're going to be more incentivized to PvP. So it really depends on how they balance it. Like, honestly, that's really going to change how people do it, right? People don't want to lose, sca like people who know how scav rep works now and want to get to six, don't ever kill any scavs ever yeah. because of how that system works. But if scav rep was, you know, if it was, scaled differently and loot was more scarce in Tarkov and rubles were more scarce, people probably kill scavs more often. But right now they don't because money's fairly easy to get and scav rep is kind of annoying to get, honestly, and you lose 10 times more for a kill than you get for, you know, a successful extract or something. Um, you actually lose three times more than for, you know, an actually legitimate kill most of the time. So 
Like you kill three rogue scavs and then kill one, you know, scab accident that didn't kill anybody, and you end up down minus point oh one overall. So yeah. Uh, let's see here. Just a few other like this is just from like Discord tweets that they made. Uh, the map is approximately four miles by four miles, or four hundred or forty two kilometers squared, which is smaller than Daisy maps. Um, probably good. Bigger than the Tarkov's maps put together. I'm not sure about PUBG, though. Um, pretty, but pretty sizable map, I think. Uh, let's see. Permanent loss of gear. Yep. Uh, hundreds of parts for weapon customization, weapon durability, cleanliness. Unique health system aims to simulate the human body realistically. So we'll see what that kind of details. Uh, three different private military companies. Uh, four players per PMC on the map. Or sorry, 16 players per PMC on the map. Four per squad. A thousand plus AI enemies, which is a lot. <laughs> Premium game. With no microtransactions. Um, so they say, so... <laughs> you wait for six years. You wait six years down the line. They'll be adding the offline server and, uh, and cosmetics. <laughs> uh, okay, health system not based on hit points. It's based on organs and body parts. If vital organs are destroyed, you die, which is pretty cool. It's kind of what we've been talking about in Tarkov lately. Uh, lots of pools in the system like your blood pool if you lose 15% of your blood you're fine if you lose 40% you get in a coma and then slowly die your teammate can stop the bleeding then use an IV on you and revive you if you're bleeding out once you're in a coma you have two minutes you can drag bodies or injure teammates if you die you die but your teammates can guard your body and come back to get your gear alone your body will probably be looted by whoever kill you so this is like one thing that they talked about a bit various spots is like they really want to have like it seems pretty heavy emphasized on like squad play and they want to have mm. like people having roles like medics, sniper, support, things like this, which I, I really like. Um, so you can like heal your teammates and things like this. I, I like that uh, space because like in Tarkov, you play squads, it's you don't really get to do that a lot. You're kind of like three in the, you know, or however many individual shooters, gunners, you know. Like occasionally you might have someone sniping, like long range support. Um, whereas, like in you know, in something more like oh, I'm trying to think of another game, some of that we'll just say the the general like zombie wave uh, survival games, like Back for Blood or whatever, um, Left 4 Dead 2, um, what else? Uh, maybe COD Zombies, maybe not. I don't know. Anyways. Just this kind of like idea where you just have like different roles or different or actually, you know, more like Overwatch is probably a better example where you have like these different roles and and, and things like this. I, I like I like stuff like that. So like putting that into this more military extraction y space, I'm I'm pretty hyped for. It. I think that's pretty cool. Uh metabolism system is very in-depth. You will not die from hunger dehydration. It affects stamina is another thing. Stamina and breathing affect aiming. Recoil is very complex, based on weight and other factors. As your magazine empties, you have different recoil because the weight of your weapon is lower, which is like, well, it's kind of crazy to me. Uh, it's pretty neat. I think that that's, yeah, it's pretty. It's like they're going pretty heavy on some of the realism stuff. 
here. Um, they're using the Unreal Engine. They had to develop their own rendering tech technology. So it's in-house, which is pretty cool. It allows them to achieve the uh, density of the jungle they wanted, millions of trees and bush, very high density terrain, uh, vegetation, wind, rivers, water, other things. And they want to get... Like, the game looks amazing. Have you seen any of the footage or it's screenshots? Up. It looks insane. They want to get it, I think they said a 1060. Maybe it was a 1080. I Now I can't remember. But they want to get it to, like, run. They're, they're going to start, I think, once they release the, you know, early access. Or maybe pre-early access. They want to start hmm. optimizing it for, like, you know, low. And then I think the 1060, or maybe it was the... 1050 maybe it was the 1080 i can't remember but one of those cards they want to go for and i want to say like the 1060 or 1050 is like you know 50 percent of steam users or something like it's it's ridiculous hmm. um so that'd be good because i mean if you know if they can get it optimized on like a 1080 for example i mean that'd be great that's a pretty uh pretty common crazy card. If they yeah yeah um and on that note there's going to be no like I think I'm saying this right, if I remember correctly, there's going to be no, like, advantage to, like, low spec, like, you know, low shadows and things like that. Like, they don't want that to be a thing, so they're going to, like, you know, try to work within that bound. Um, okay, yeah, so map is seamless, no loading as you travel. Uh, let's see, we talked about the PvE servers. Four operating bases are only safe spots on the map where you extract a loot when you call on a helicopter. Each wipe, your fob will rotate to the location of a different PMC's fob, so you get to experience a different starting start points. Okay, that's that's a neat idea. If you die on the map, your gear will still be there. You can, you can go get the gear for one hour, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's like I really like that. I love that like second chance. You know that, that you get mm. that in like DayZ, Rust, maybe the cycle. You have to like Q snipe. Get back into the same lobby, but yeah, I really like that. That's really cool. Yeah, because it's kind of like a hybrid between Tarkov and these other games, right? Because it's like the game isn't a permanent open world, so it's not like a server browser where you like pick a server and play that. Right. Like, There's no only. server browser. But when you load into a match, you're like in that game for the duration of your session mm -hmm. with whoever else is in that session. So it like it allows you like you're not gonna have, probably have like I, I don't think you're not gonna have like day-to-day -day, you know nemesis or whatever like from one day like today say i play today and then i log off and then i come on tomorrow like those same people won't be on the other pmcs but if i stay on the same server like yeah people will drop in and out but if like we're, we're all on for you know four hours or whatever then like i might meet the same pmcs multiple times like it is possible mm -hmm. at least it's kind of a weird it's like a hybrid yeah, yeah. It's like a hybrid between the two which because they have that I think that gives them the space to do this karma system, these like social elements where you do have mm -hmm. that sort of like social stigma, social accountability to keep things in check. And on that note, you can, so they want the game to be a true sandbox. So you make decisions. If you want to attack an enemy fob, you can do that, but it should be borderline impossible, almost certainly suicide. <laughs> That sounds, that sounds like a fun challenge. I'm sure someone is going to make a YouTube video. I rate, yeah. rated the enemy fob for the biggest loot of my life. Well, yeah, we heard this from Nikita and stuff about Lexos and things, right? <laughs> and it's like, you know, here's the cheese strategy to do the AI thing. <laughs> no, it's just like, I could see it coming already. Like, 
I don't know. There's like random conversations about Greyzone that I've had with some other people too. Just like, you know, oh, you know, look how sort of the trailer works or whatever. I'm like, I'm so skeptical of trailers, like the way people like moving through, like the emerging gameplays almost never like these yes. trailers end up being. Yes. Like you just have to really take it with a pinch of salt. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, early access is first quarter uh, this year. Won't have every feature at start. Uh, central hub with n no PvP to meet and trade with other PMCs and, and hubs. No flea market. Capturing outposts through faction access another base can be attacked and taken over by a new faction. This was another talking point. Jumping back to the hub and the you know flea market thing is like they. You know, clearly, I mean, they've played a lot of games, you know, but they, they didn't want to get into a Diablo fiasco where, you know, for those who don't know, I think it was like D3, Diablo 3, there was just this money, player-ran money market that just got way out of hand. Um, and so they don't want to do that, so they're, like, trying to, like, problem-solve there. They're still working on it, but they do decidedly want to have, like, a physical place you meet up and trade, which is great, because this is, like, exactly what I've... But, like, this is pretty much the game that is, like, taking parts of other games, survival games, that I love. Like, I love the Tarkov space um, aspects of that. And then I love, like, aspects of, like, Rust or Daisy. But this is, like, kind of, like, marrying the two. Um, and there was, like, a really cool part about, like, uh, skills. Like, they're going to have uh, certifications where it's, like, you know, I don't know, some type of, like, you you go to this guy, you're like, okay, you want to get certified in this sniping category? Okay, then you got to do this. So you do that, and it, it like, rewards you based off how, how well you, or based off completing the certification or something, and then you get the bonuses. Mm. Whereas, like, you know, he, like, directly referenced Tarkov, where he was, like, instead of you, like, you know, cheesing and grinding the skills, we want to have it, like, more, you know, whatever. So... It's kind of an interesting idea. It's like, yeah, you have to go and do this challenge or do something, and then you get to Sniper 2 or whatever. You mm -hmm. have to get, like, two headshots in two, you know, how do they, like, without missing or something. Like, something like that. Yeah. Uh, There'll be no day and night at early access. Like, it's just going to be day, I assume. Um, uh, eventually, they want to do console support, and... They're going to have a uh, monsoon season, light rain, and the goal for the game is to give players the perfect raid. Prepping for the mission, briefing, infill, scouting, combat, exfil. He wants every move to matter. He wants to be a perfect role-playing game, which sounds really... Like, every, like, so far, everything I've heard from it, it sounds really promising. I, you know, I kind of, like, would like to get out and explore other games outside of like this genre but mm. this is shaping up you know to look like something that's like been like scratching at at the back it's like oh it's like tarkov could be perfect if you know it's like and i feel like this is kind of hitting those points for me so this might be another game that i might be invested in we'll see yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested, for sure. It's all going to come down to execution and see how it feels. Yeah, Like, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a 100-hour game, whatever, and then, like, it's, you know, there's not enough content there, then, like, that's that's honestly also fine. But we'll see. Like, I, I'm hoping that it's going to be big on its own merits and that it'll be good enough to play for, like, a long time. So, like, 
I think because they sort of alluded to a little bit about you know this ground zero thing where there's like strange uh, strange things going on in the middle where it's all been like blocked off and that's kind of what your job is as PMC right to go and find it out. So there's like this story mode that's going to be coming with it. But yeah, they've got lots of plans. It sort of sounds similar in some ways to Tarkov because they're going to launch with like relatively bare bones and add stuff as time goes on. We're just yeah, we're gonna have to see. I I think the only thing, and again, it's going to come down to execution, right? If you lean your game more towards PVE, the AI better to be damn good. Yeah, that is true. And I think that's going to be a big question mark over it until we actually get to see it. Like, how does the AI act? Is it too hard? Is it too easy? It's that balance is going to be more important than anything else, I think, based on the fact that they want it to be mainly PvE. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if you could play it solo too. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. It might just be a bit harder, especially if there's this slight, like even more complicated than Tarkov's medical system. It almost sounds a little bit like Tarkov's medical system combined with like Daisy's yeah. medical system. Yep. Something like that. It's like Tarkov plus blood plus some more, you know, a few extra things. Mm. So, but like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it could be really, really cool. It looks good. The studios seem good as well. I think a lot of the the problem that we've had in the extraction shooter genre is that a lot of the studios so far have either been like tiny startup studios Mm -hmm. that take too long to iterate upon the formula. Things like Marauders, I know people enjoy, but it kind of I think it takes like it's still these things they take too long to come out of like alpha and into being you know working, and then there's like issues and stuff. Or they've been like tack-ons from AAA titles. Yeah. They just haven't really had the focus that they deserved. And so they look good, but then necessarily the functionality is not really there. And I feel that these guys are sort of like hitting that middle ground where mm-hmm. they're a successful studio already. They know what it means to build and finish games multiple times. Yes, it was mobile, but like the pipeline is kind of the same. Um, and it's it's just like that. that's promising on its own because they know kind of what to, they know what to do. They're not having to relearn those lessons, right? Those lessons, if, especially if you're starting from scratch, those lessons are really quite big in the studios that have that flexibility, like the, small, the smaller guys. Um, whereas the bigger studios don't necessarily have the creative flexibility to do what they want to make the game different enough to stand out, right? So it's, we've always kind of been caught from both ends. And with this, I think it looks unique enough, but the team is big enough and experienced enough and they've got enough money. And to be fair, the development cycle has seemed quite decent so far. Um, I think they were saying, what were they saying about like the closed alpha i can't even remember now i think they wanted it to be sort of like early this year or something so yeah, who knows maybe it'll end up Q2, being i think yeah something like that so like that's fairly quick i would yeah. say i think their pace of development is decent and that's that's promising that is promising i would love them to succeed and bring something different like i don't yeah they've said it themselves they say it all the time like they don't necessarily want it to be a tarkov killer they'd want to produce their own game they want to make it mm-hmm. you know their own thing separate thing and that's that's fine. We can have multiple games exist in tandem alongside each other with different goals and different vibes that you can play depending on exactly what you want to do. But I think it's it looks like it's interesting enough. It has, certainly has enough complexity to get me interested because that's the thing for me. You know, something like uh, what was it called? The um, Call of Duty one. DMZ. Slips my mind now. DMZ. Yeah, it just like wasn't complex enough mm-hmm. for me to kind of get like really interested in. Like the progression didn't do it for me really. It was just like usual cod skin stuff whereas this game is going to be similar to dark of in that sense and like your usual rpg game mechanic loop where you can yeah. like get better gear and level up stuff and level up traders and so you've got progression in a meaningful way and also like i keep coming back to this point whenever i talk about grayson but like it looks so much like far cry 3 and if you've got like map exploration 
and you're like uncovering bits of the map. That's what a lot of Far Cry 3 was about. Like yeah. going up the radio towers and like turning them on. Like it sort of almost feels like that same, they're kind of going for that vibe. You're like exploring the island and going from one place to another. Like I feel Tar- Tarkov's weird because it feels like the maps feel quite big when you first start playing, but quite quickly you realize the boundaries there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can imagine Grey Zone being all kind of just open, feeling a bit more like playing you know, Skyrim or something, one of those games that is just a big open map and you can go wherever, and you're kind of discovering one place or another place. Whereas Tarkov does get quite samey in some senses because mm. you always start in the same location, on the same maps, and you, know, you decide to queue in and yada yada. You don't you know, approach interchange from every different direction. Like You know the spawns, you know where the people are going to be and all that kind of stuff. So there's enough different things that it's going to be a totally different game to Tarkov, and I think that's what it needs to be. Like It can't be super close to it i think it needs to be tangential and related and similar but the vibe can be different and the way around things can be different yeah it's going to be interesting i just really want to get my hands on it and actually start to play around with it because until then we just literally don't know yeah yeah it it, i'm excited too just have to wait and see i think and I, I think, yeah. yeah, just to reiterate, I mean, it's it just, it does, it seems like the devs are really passionate about what they're doing, you know, like, it's, like, clear that they enjoy what they're doing and, like, are really passionate about it, and it's also, like, they're, they're gamers, like, that was one of the things, it's, like, I think it was, yeah, that, that one theater kid was talking about, you know, the, the, you know, he was getting interviewed, he was telling the story of how he, you know, got the job, and he was getting interviewed, and, you know, he was saying how he thought he had to, like, be all professional and, like, talk about, you know, all his, like, accolades and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, the, the interviewer just stops him and he just goes, hey, man, I, I, you know, all that stuff's great, but I really only care about one thing. is like, do you play, like, do you love video games? And he's like, yes. And he's like, okay, you're hired. <laughs> 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 Which I love, you know, that's, to me, that's like, okay, yeah, it's like, you know. Because you gotta remember, devs devs are gamers too, and like and I think that's foremost the the important thing for me is like, are they like passionate about video games? Yes, great. You know what I mean? That's 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 a good sign for me. Yeah, I just reminded myself of something else that I was thinking about while we were talking about the flow of stuff. So I was I was saying before about like the AI being really important that that works really really well if it's PVE, but they did talk about these like cookie cutter quests, item fetch type things mm-hmm. da, 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 that they don't really want to have. They want to have these kind of more like sort of semi-scripted kind of quests, yeah. like more story style, the ones that are a bit more, uh, I guess like, what's the word I'm looking for? Open-ended? Just a, yeah, either a bit more open-ended or feel a bit more natural than some of the forced quests in like many RPGs. And I think they are also going to run into the same, depending on how they do it, right? They could end up running into the same issues that Tarkov does. If you want to make it you have to go to the place and see the clues and da da da. You have to make these things very dynamic. Otherwise, you're going to end up in like wiki quest uh, hell very, very quickly. Yes. Because no matter how beautiful you think you've made the quest design, if it's like kind of tricky a bit or slightly tedious or people just can't be bothered and there's a you know, min max way of getting through the progression, people will just use the wiki if that resource is valuable enough to avoid spending all the time looking and doing whatever it is some people will do it properly but there will be a subset of the community that will want to speed run the game and 
do things as fast as possible. And that's just like the way that some people play these games. And so they'll have to like purposefully make it like not wikiable, but in a way that isn't annoying. <laughs> Good luck. And I think that's a very fine line, right? Yeah. Like the way that, yeah, the way that Tarkov have done it, like it's not, I mean, you still have to look on the wiki. They've, they've kind of gone like both ways. It's like you have to look on the wiki and it doesn't help because you have to look <laughs> in 20 spots or whatever. They're like 20 very fixed spots. But so long as the thing is, so long as they can do it like the good single player games do, and that it's enjoyable to do, I think that's the difference, right? If it's enjoyable to do, if it's like sort of uh, a puzzle you have to solve, you go to the place, you pick up the thing, and then it tells you where to go for the next part. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be that complicated. Um, but it just feels like you're discovering something or finding things, and you need to find the thing to pr- progress onto the next part. It all then makes kind of logical sense, and it's fun to actually do. Then I think it might be okay. But they just have to tread this like fine line about not making it too difficult, mm-hmm. um, but making it like n- not formulaic as well, so that you can reasonably go and actually complete these things yourself without looking stuff up and it not be like a hassle. So there's like there's a few hurdles that they have to overcome because uh, one of these things is these these things always look yeah beautiful when you're looking at them from pre-release and then when you actually play it you're like oh well, this needs to change and this needs to change it's always the way three years down the line ever are oh, you know dog shit game devs don't care <laughs> it's, it's the usual cycle right so we just have to yeah we have to, have to bear in mind they got a lot they got the work cut out for them but they do they they've learned the, i think this is the thing they reference tarkov a lot and they've learned the lessons of things that they don't like out of tarkov yeah. and they're trying to avoid those things so i i feel like sort of optimistic in that sense as well that agreed at least they're aware of some of the ways these things can go if you do certain if you if you take certain actions or you push the game down certain paths so yeah all, all gonna be all gonna be in the execution which is what i've said like about five times but it's it's true it's true, true. i just can't wait for the, cl- the, the, the the testing i can't wait for the testing i want to get my hands on the game asap <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to The foul. The foul. Have you used the foul this wife? Yeah, early on. I haven't used it recently, but yeah, I've used it early on. So I was I've been looking at it. I'm like putting something together at the moment for it. I the thing is the foul, like it's it's a lot better than it used to be. I think that's the main the main thing <laughs> that I would say about it. Like it's it's way better than it was, but that's not really saying much. And in all the testing that I was doing with it, like it's good. It still has the issues that it did before, which is that ergo versus recoil is still like it's one of those few guns where the recoil actually still does kind of matter because if you have if you don't like mod it out, it is kind of hard to control, especially on full auto. Mm. Like if you use it as a DMR, then that's actually fine. But the foul's kind of unique selling point is the full auto switch, right? The fun switch. <laughs> Otherwise, you may as well just use something else. You may as well use like a DMR. And uh, the issue that I've run into is I've been looking at like the short barrel stuff, the long barrel stuff, medium barrel. And I think there is a good balance between them all now, except for the, the, the kind of awkward position that it sits in relative to the other weapons, which is literally that the MDR is so good in comparison and you get it like kind of at the same time. So yeah, you can get the file at like trade level three. But before that, it's quite difficult to do. Like a budget version of the file is really hard to do. Like you have to mount optics to the handguard. The extreme duty dust cover is on level three. There's like some barters on level three traders, which are okay, like the short versions. But you pretty soon after that get to Peacekeeper four. And then you could buy the MDR after doing like wet job four. And the problem is, it's just like the MDR is as good, if not better. I mean, it is, it, it's strictly better than like the long barrel and the medium barrel in pretty much every case. It's got 
either better recoil and like similar ergo or way better ergo and similar recoil like no matter what you do which is kind of problematic mm. and they're like there are there are good things about the foul it is weirdly it is slightly lighter typically than the mdr using sort of similar size mags and the, the main one is that it can take a 50 rounder the 30 rounder advantage has been eroded because the MDR is actually taking quite a significant buff this wipe because it can take the 25 rounders out of the spear that you can buy from Peacekeeper 4. So the MDR now gets 25 rounders, which is so close to the Fowl's 30s, which ended up being the meta mag most of the time because the 50s take off a lot of ergo. And then especially if you want to use it suppressed, it's like that classic combination. It's like you end up with like quite low ergo in the end. Whereas you may as well just use the MDR with the 25 rounders. Then you get a suppressor as well, and it's still better. Because the ergo is higher on, on it as base, it's just it's just really problematic. Like this is the thing: the foul is fine, but it's just not meta. I don't think it's not necessarily a problem, but it could either be maybe a little cheaper or be gotten like a little earlier. Maybe like some of the restrictions maybe come down a bit. Like you were talking previously about the uh, the handguard, right? Yeah. It's like the rails and the handguard is like mechanic four. I think it probably could be mechanic three, and it'd be okay. Like I don't think it's necessarily OP there. Um, yeah, it's just this this problem. So like the only build that I found that actually is like this is this is good on its own and there's no comparable is like the 50 round unsuppressed short barrel foul. Because there's really no there's not really any comparative to that. You know? You have like unmatched firepower, pretty much. Like the 50 round drum is insane. The unsuppressed version has lots of ergo, especially with the short barrel, and the recoil is like manageable, it's okay, especially at close range. And that build is really good. That build is like better than the MDR's one, I think, in my opinion. And it's better than pretty much everything else because of the mag size. So that's, that's like, that's nuts. But outside of that, I just feel like you're better off just using the MDR. It's like, it's more of like an MDR problem than it is a foul problem, you know? Because I feel like the scaling from like the short barrel to the long barrel is actually kind of okay now. It sort of works relatively well. Yeah. The ergo balance kind of works well now. So like, it's, it's probably balanced like in and of itself. But uh, there's only a very short window which you can actually use the foul before you get the MDR. Like, oh, I'm finally at, like, you know, just getting to, like, Mechanic 3. And then it's, you know, a couple of levels later, you're like, oh, I'm at Peacekeeper 4, so now I can just use the, the MDR instead. This is the issue. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's interesting. It's, it's all right. But I'm, I'm just not really sure. As an even more general note, after using, like, the big guns the past kind of, like, Two sessions, sort of. I dude, I just find it so hard. Honestly, I just find it so hard. I don't know whether it's just whether it's the org that's broken me, or it's just like the way that this wipe works. But because people's plates, like everybody's only wearing class three armor except for like this area here, this little area on the plate. So you don't really need like insane ammo most of the time. And in fairness, most people are using M80 or M62, which is only a class four buster anyway. And yeah, the damage is good. But I feel that with like relatively decent fire rate weapons, I get by just as well, actually better, better with having lower recoil. <coughs> so I can kind of just hose people down. Whereas the FAL and even the MDR, I find them a bit wild with the recoil that they have. And I end up just like tapping with them and I'm like, I don't really like semi-auto this wipe. So it's all a bit weird. Like I think I'd rather use, I've just like fallen in love with like the smaller calibers with low recoil. I could just like laser beam people with like the extra big head area because of the the neck. You know, the neck is always exposed. You got the face still, the sides, whatever. It's just like I've just done so well with these like intermediate and like pistol calibers 
So I'm just not sure if it's necessary to take the downside on the recoil of these, plus the cost and everything else that goes with it. Like, if you're shooting at long ranges, then sure. But I just... I'm just not sure. Like I've re- maybe it's just lack of practice, but like I've just really struggled. I struggled with the foul, but then I also struggled with the MTR, which is supposed to be meta. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it's definitely got I'm more sure. recoil than you know, AUG or really, you know, and it really a lot of a lot of the guns. I would say, um, I mean, it really is a bit of a tap fire meta. Like I would say, like spam fire, um. Mm. I just think full auto is only like good on like a few niche guns and even then if they're at any distance it you're probably better off just spamming because like as yeah. soon as you reach the apex you're going to start getting horizontal recoil introduced which is just like objectively worse than vertical yeah uh, unless you want to like roll the dice and hit soft armor i guess you can make that argument but anyways yeah <laughs> That's the thing about the fire rate, right? The fire rate and the small enough recoil, then the pattern gets small, and then you hit eventually hit something. Mm-hmm. Like um, somebody was mentioning in chat about the uh, scar as well being like extra bad compared to the MDR, and I was trying to build a scar that makes sense. And I just can't really. I don't at think all. you can. I keep getting them in the. I keep getting them in moonshine, and this morning I sold them all. I had like seven or something that I was just like waiting to use, and like after my experience with the foul and the, uh, and the MDR. I just don't want to use it at all. I've just sold them all. Sold all my Scar H's. I don't even, don't even care. I just don't, don't want to use them. Like, they're 20-rounders as well, right? So the MDR's got five more bullets in its mag than the Scar. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's like the terrible... Like, Scar feels like the terrible, like, middle ground, worst child of all of them. It's like the bad ergo of the foul, you know, the, the small mags, like, smaller than the MDR, like, the whole thing, like, it takes up loads of your screen. Like, the whole thing just... And worst recoil, like, the whole thing just sucks. I'm just, like, feeling very, like, downbeat about it. Yeah. But yeah, I just, like, I don't know. They've just been tough. It's been really tough to use them. Yeah, I mean, I think the... I mean, the only thing I will say about the foul is... Like, I, I agree. I think the MDR probably is the better gun overall, just because you get... You know, it has high ergos at space, and you just really need to slap a suppressor and a grip on, and then you get the 25-rounders. That's it, right? The caveat yeah. is you have to get it from like, you know, Rashala, some type of boss, some type of crate. You can't buy out the flea. Um, or you do the peacekeeper quest line to unlock it, which I think is yeah. it's kind of I think it's like wet job part maybe it's four, it is, yeah. Maybe it's cargo something. anyways, yeah, something like it's that. Wet, it's wet job four. It's wet job four. So it's kind of a later unlock. Same's kind of true for the foul though. I mean you need like you really need mechanic three, so level thirty is kind of like your entry point, and even then, it's like you know you can't really deck it out. You might have to make some compromises or pay a little extra here and there for yeah. like flea market stuff. But I think the thing with the foul versus NDR is like the foul, you get more customization. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you want thirty rounders? Do you want a drum mag? Uh, do you want you know uh, less recoil, etc. You know. Uh, I think because I think maybe you could get, you know, you're gonna have to make compromises if you're gonna go for less like you less can, ergo yeah. than or sorry less recoil than the MDR, then you're gonna suffer on ergo obviously, like a lot as well. Yes. And this is the thing, right? It's like I feel like yeah, you have choices, but you have like bad choices mostly. So mostly, it's like 
the main one is like, do you want a 50? Primarily. Outside of that, the MDR does all of it. And it's like, okay, the MDR won't go down to those low levels of recoil. Okay, fine. But if you do that with the foul, like you have to like hip fire that thing. Like you're not ADSing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the unfortunate thing about this meta, or I wouldn't even say meta really, just how they've done, handled the recoil is that because everything's so similar we'll say the like hidden stats seems to be largely irrelevant i'm not even sure what still has hidden stats besides like the ak 101 and 102 where like prefers a left or right angle yeah there's a bit of an angle thing but that's it really otherwise everything's like you can pretty much take most stuff at face value which i think unfortunately kind of diminishes the options because as i said previously in last cast like you know the scar l's for example were like a really in a very interesting spot in like the tarkov weapon progression because like you know they weren't as good as the m4 fully kitted out and but they were better than a stock m4 and like maybe you could get like a mid-tier m4 to like you know be kind of similar but like the one thing the scar had was that the like hidden stats was like very horizontal and or sorry very vertical and you know it had slower rate of fire than the m4 you know like it, it felt more well-rounded the system even though i didn't really like it like i didn't like the fact that it was in stats and, and this and the other whereas now it feels like everything's been very like like it needs more balance like i don't know what needs to happen but like there needs to be some type of like more balance like i was looking at uh 762s by 39s like ak's and such and like yeah every single one seems like dog except for the sks oddly enough which is like i don't really know why that's the case i mean we could talk about it in a second but like i was looking through them and like all the akms like the lowest you could get them to was like 80 or like 70 something like you know i mm. mean it's just like i mean you really gotta like hit these things out to even get remotely low recoil we're talking like slap on the the muzzle adapter with like you know the, the combo suppressor whatever but by this point it's like why not just buy like a you know mdr or, or whatever you know i don't know why i'm using the ak ms but <laughs> anyways <laughs> um and then there's the mutant which is like it still has high recoil like i think it's like 80s and like you can't I don't know why they made this change, but like you can't put the blast mitigator on the long barrel. I think it is. You used to be able to do that, but you can't anymore. Yeah, I don't know why. Which kind of like kind of makes the gun hard to mod because then you have to like choose between. Like I don't know. There's just too many limitations on it for it to like feel good, and I don't even think the stats are that good. I don't even know if I have a. Oh, I have a test build. Let's see what this is at. So this is, oh yeah, this is some god-awful contraption. This is like <laughs> Shorty Mutant with the RK2, with the Blast Mitigator, or Mo, or RE, whatever. It's without a sight on it. It's got 59 Ergo 75 recoil, which like sounds kind of, you know, okay. But like it has a Blast Mitigator, which means you won't be able to see Jack once you start shooting. It's also unsuppressed. Uh, 75 is not that low when you think about the AUG or the M4s. I mean, it just doesn't sound. And it's like, yeah, I have to craft BP if I want to do it. I mean, PP is okay. But then, like, I look at this SKS here, and it's 55 ergos, 60 recoil. 
which 60 is a lot better than 75. What was it? Yeah. Um, and it's suppressed. And it's like, dude, the thing shoots like a dream. Like it has like just like it has recoil, but not a lot. And it doesn't really go left or right. It's just like you just spam, tap fire, boop, 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 boop. Like it feels really good. It kind of sucks because the mags aren't that great. Like they, they pack slower. Um, the 35 yeah. rounders. Like it's when you reload, it like pops one round out. So like you got to like do the swap thing or, you know, pull out your knife and reload in the menu or whatever. But it feels, feels really good, which I'm kind of sad that, they're, that they nerfed it, which we didn't talk about, but they, we actually didn't talk about it. I, yeah. I, this is this is how my luck is, right? So the night before the patch, I build the gun SKS. I'm like, I'm gonna use the SKS tomorrow because I've been hearing such great things about it. And then the patch drops, and they say they nerfed it. I'm like, no, I didn't even. And I like, I didn't even get to use it the night before. I just like shot in the hideout a few times. Like, yeah, that feels pretty good. I can't wait to use this tomorrow. And then tomorrow <laughs> rolls around, and then they're like nerfed it, and I try it again, and it like I can't really tell the difference, but I think maybe they up mm. the recoil, but I couldn't remember the numbers. But this time I took a screenshot, so if they if they do that change again and nerf this case, I have the I'll have the evidence to catch them. <laughs> yeah, they changed the vertical recoil by quite a lot. That's what I thought is what they did, and then reverted it right because the patch got rolled back, so now it's back to the way it was. So the SKS still feels good again. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't, I like, this is the thing is like, they need to do something with the balancing because it doesn't feel, uh, just doesn't feel good. I don't know. It just, it just feels really weird. Like, the, even the RD is like, feels very mid, in my opinion, like stats wise. Like, it has, I guess the thing it has going for it is like, it has high ergo, but like, yeah, it shoots slower, it fires. 762 by 39, which I just don't feel like is a good round to swipe for plethora of reasons. Um, and it's really not that, like, I don't know, it just feels very, very mid. Which is like, <laughs> doesn't make sense because it's like a level, it's quest locked and it's like level 4 traders locked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like, yeah. I don't know. There's just something I know I've said this before a million times, but it just feels like they need to do another balancing pass post recoil patch. Like something just feels really off. Maybe yeah. I think one of the issues that I have, and I I think we said this at the beginning, it's like one of the downsides. Like on, on balance, like it's pretty much it's way better than the old recoil system by a long way. But one of the issues that comes along with it is that to me, like a lot of guns just feel the same. Like, yeah, why should I use true. the AK-74 this versus that versus this versus that, or the 103 versus the AKM versus the RD versus the... They all feel the same. You know, they've got, like, similar vertical recoils. They all feel about the same as each other. Like, there's no real differentiation between the different guns within a caliber, um, other than, like, does it punch up more or not? Like, it's just... That's the only thing for me. It's like, within 5.56, again, like, the 101 feels the same as the MDR, which feels the same as the M4 built to a similar spec, which feels the same as the G36, except the org, because it has ridiculously low recoil compared to all the other guns in that category. And then you have something like the spear. I, I feel like the spear is actually in an okay place. Like the spear is kind of busted. It's like dramatically OP. Like 62 recoil out the gate with the monster you've got on there. I can see that you've got it there. 58 ergo. It's insane. The gun is like light keeper task number 10. You can only buy it from the flea and it's like <laughs> 300,000 rubles. I feel like that's fine. Like if you want to pay for the crazy gun that you only get like fighting raid drops, like, okay, fine. Yeah, feel free. You spend half a mil on your gun. Great. Then it gets to be really good. I feel like that's fine. I actually feel like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want them to nerf it, you know? 
Yeah, actually, I've not even used it. I just think I it's in a good it spot. Uh, now that you bring it up, though, I do think it's very interesting that it's not flea market banned. Yeah, and I know. It's weird, isn't it? Matter of fact, even the crazy new face shields, face masks that they added aren't flea market banned. Is also kind of interesting. Like that. I think the CQCM might be now. Oh, actually, actually, no, maybe it isn't. Maybe it isn't. I think some, somebody in my chat said they thought it was, but I think nobody had them for sale on the flea. I think they just ran out. <laughs> ah, interesting. I think. So, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right, actually. I think you're right. Correcting myself. Yeah, I actually used it the other day. So, are we good to talk about boss hunting? Yeah. All right. We'll, try, we'll just do that quick and then we'll finish up. Yep. So, I was doing... I did Psycho Sniper. I'm just going to talk a little bit about my, my achievements lately. I did Psycho Sniper, which was five PMCs in a single raid. Well, without dying, we'll say. So what I did was I went factory, got a couple kills, and then went to Interchange because it's my comfort map and got some kills there. But I made some mistakes, died one time, and so I had to restart. And then it, I got got by the stupid system where I didn't accept the tasks that you failed. Oh, no. uh, so I like wasted time on factory, so I had to go back to factory. But anyways, I ended up getting three kills on factory, went to Interchange. Killed someone trying to run the ultra, and then like another guy looted him, and then I killed him. So I was like, "Great!" And so I panicked, <laughs> ran out. But one of the raids, um, because I was oh yeah, because you have to survive after you get the five kills. I'm pretty you? sure, and it's funny because I got shot at towards the end, and I freaked out and just like booked to the extract and got out of there. But um, <laughs> one of the raids, I was uh testing, or I I was like moving into the underground part of Ollie, and I had noticed to my left there was like some boxes and there's a little shack, like a little shack that you walk in, like a worker shack. And I was like, huh, I bet I can mantle on top of the boxes and then mantle top of the shack. Well, I couldn't mantle top of the shack, but I got on top of the boxes and I could see like over the container all the way towards like hole in the floor, like from the mm -hmm. underground. I was like, oh, this is a cool thing. I saw a scab walking and then suddenly I get hit in the face <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. I jumped down, run out. <laughs> and I, uh, thankfully the, that new that face shield saved me. I mean, it's like super expensive. How much is it even? Uh, not the armor, not the Death Shadow one. The what's it called? I even have it saved as my favorites. Oh, Atomic Defense. Yeah, this this thing. Class four face, jaws, eyes, head, top. I think this thing's actually really good. Like, I don't know if I would say it's OP, but it just it seems like you get no visual debuff. Like, think about it. I could wear a helmet with a visor, but then I'm going to get the breathing and then the visual debuff of, like, the, you know, glass in my eyes. Or you could go even more extreme, wear an Alton where now you have no ears and then you have, like, smaller field of view because the Alton visor, you know. So, I feel like this thing is really good. It actually, like, if you plan to play a long time in the wipe, it's probably worth grinding to get this. How do you get it again? Like, what's the unlock? It's a lightkeeper test. I don't know which one, but it is a lightkeeper test. A lot of these are lightkeeper tests, like the Death Shadow Lightweight Armored Mask. I've used this one. It hasn't saved me yet, but I was just like, yeah. It. I <laughs> do feel like this atomic defense is just like really good. I think that one's insane. Yeah, it's like a. It's almost like a. It's almost like a baby Tagilla. Yeah, know? it's it's basically a U lock, but only for your face. <laughs> Your top of your head, eyes, uh, what, what was it? Jaws and face. Yeah, it just it just seems and, you, and like there's kind of like no downside, you know. Like obviously, 
your ears, the back of your head, etc. But like, there's just like this weird thing where it's like, one time I actually had a class five plate in my back and then a class four plate in my front. And I noticed it. I was like, God, that's so awful. But then I thought about it. I was like, is there ever like a strategy where it's like, okay, I'm going to wear class, like, I'm going to wear the anvil. Um, you know, that one LZSH helmet that's got the little like oh with the Avantel the Avantel yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wear that in the back class five in the back and I'm just gonna do my quest and just run away from everybody like you know it's like is that ever a strat I'm like eventually got the face to music and the music being their bullets shooting at you so like it doesn't I don't think it makes a lot of sense like you just go on full like maximize back protection <laughs> but I don't know just some weird weird strategy but. Anyways, so yeah, got got say we're done. That was that was uh way off my shoulders because I was kind of worried about that one. Factory proof. I mean, it might the correct play might be going to factory and just doing all in factory because oh, there's really? a lot of. Well, if you think about it, your chances of running into someone who's also questing and doing like some weird obscure quest, like pistolings. I there's a lot of like nakeds of bolt action shotguns, naked of shotguns. Because I just wore like Giga Chad gear, like, you know, visor, face shield, whatever. Mm. Two Bolties, two VPOs of APM. So, you know, don't reload, just swap to the next one and <laughs> just keep yeah. going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, there was a couple times where I got like three on there. So it might be correct just to keep spamming that if you want to be like time efficient. Anyways, uh, I found a Lex on Woods. So now I have a second that, uh, that case. That's great. I, would, I just got to find two more Lexes, I think, for the prices. Did mm-hmm. test drive part one, got that done. I was having troubles with that, but got that done. And now it's just boss hunting. And the thing with boss hunting that sucks the most is spawns. Like I just I watched a killer guy video because I haven't like farmed killer or like really I don't know if I've ever killed him since they changed him to spawn in a million different places in the interchange, but um the strats are wild. It's like six flashbangs, no helmets. You know, the, just like Doctor Disrespect armor, MP18, which is the break action uh, mode, yeah. <laughs> and you just like rush these areas, throw flashbangs. If he if you hear a then that's killer, and then you just like one tap him in the head, and then loot him and get out. And so, and then the other weird part is, I remember you talked about this a while ago, is when you run run in like the within like thirty seconds, you'll get like a a network uh, packet loss in the top right corner, mm-hmm. and if it does show up, then that means Killa didn't spawn. If it doesn't show up, that means he did spawn, which is counterintuitive to what I would assume how this logic would work, but apparently that's the case. And so the one raid that, because I played like five or six or seven, I don't remember, and the one raid that it didn't give me a pack of loss, I was like, great, this is it. Pop the SJ6, pop the Trimadol, or whatever, SJ9, whatever. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Infinite stamina, yeah, sprint, sure, yeah. start spamming nades, nothing. I hear other people spamming flashbangs. I can see flashbangs going off on the floors below me. Like, it is pure chaos on this night interchange rate. Everyone's... And this is the problem. And this... Pestley talked about this, is because they mm-hmm. had the boss spawn rate so low at the start of the wipe, and now everyone and their mother is doing these boss hunting quests like same for sturman because i was trying woods earlier it's like do you offend like two minutes you hear svds cracking off it's like i great i spawned all the way at like scav camp you know and mm-hmm. this guy spawned like who knows where like right next to it you know in the forest somewhere so he's already got it it's like by the time you get there he's like he's already dead it's like well just try and it's just like not fun because the raids where killer yeah. didn't spawn i don't 
really have anything else to do there. Like, I can kill scavs for the decontamination quest, but, like, I'm going to get that eventually. Like, so I'll just run to the extract and reset, and then I spend another five minutes in the queue, play 30 mm-hmm. seconds of the raid. Like, it's it's actually really frustrating, and I I wish that either the boss spawn rates are high at the start of the wipe. Like, I feel like 20 is a good number, because I think it's, like, also exciting early wipe to fight a boss win and then get all this good loot you know that you can't get right like if you kill Rashad yeah. and start a wipe getting 5681 is great you know mm-hmm. or, or even BT from the guards and you kind of deserve it right if you've got like your yeah, terrible gear then like I don't I don't see what the big deal is like I don't know why BSG or do the way they do but or, or the other yeah. alternative no people to farm them and stuff that yeah the alternative just give me the boss quest very early on like level 10 that way, like, mm. if I do run into them when they're, like, 2% spawn chance or whatever, it's, like, I can actually take advantage of it. It's just... Anyways, boss hunt things. Oh, and this is the other thing with Killa, is, like, which I think we talked about, but it, it he may not spawn with the helmet. So it's, like, I gotta, like... It's just, like, dude... The, gotta double dip the, the R&D. The amount of grinding in my future is just, like, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I don't know if I'll be able to make it, Giga. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a yeah, there's a guy, Holy Duck, who's doing the killer thing in my Discord, and he was like, literally, it's just like a stream of consciousness as he just slowly lost his mind. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he's just like tried everything, like tried night, tried day. He's like nighttime, it's just all people killer farming. He's like in the day, at least some people are playing normally and playing normal quests, but like it's just like impossible. Like you know, he's either dead or you you know you don't get to him in time, or he's like he kills you, or whatever. There's like. Couple of Adam clips, just like a scav, like turns around and goes, Slush you, and he kills the scav. The scav falls over, killer is directly <laughs> behind him and just one shots him. And he's like, No, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> this is like the worst kind of stuff, just actually terrible. Oh, so, my God, um, that's great. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can see lots of people struggling with this, and it's exactly what Pesley said, what, what you just brought up now, which is that because the spawn rate was so low, now everybody needs to do it. Everyone's got the quest. I don't think I have a single. Because I'm just playing normally and not doing boss quests, mm-hmm. right? I don't think I have a single boss quest complete. Yeah. Like, unless you're actively farming bosses on purpose, you just don't really see them, to yeah. be honest. Um, so it's like, I've played, I played like a reasonable amount of factory, still yet to see Tegilla. I haven't killed Tegilla. I just I haven't seen him. Yeah. It's not that he's killed me a lot of times. I literally haven't seen him. The spawn rate's supposed to be 20, 25% now or something. And it's like, I don't know. I must have played more than twenty factory raids. It's like I haven't seen him. He's either in a different bit of the map or hiding behind a box or something. And you know the four raids where I statistically could have seen him. Or so it's just like it's just mad. It's mad. Yeah, it's a yeah. shame. So is it is it really just boss kills? And that's like all you need. How much other stuff do you need for capital? Um, it's boss kills. It's crisis which i i can't remember if it's two i think it's two lex and three ophthalmoscopes which is gonna be kind of a grind because mm. yeah i don't know that one's gonna be kind of grindy and then i think that's kind of it which on that note there's a lot of streets quests that aren't required for capital like i don't have to kill Caban or the new boss which i wasn't aware of but there's just like yeah um the contamination i think service. a lot of people complaining about like putting streets for kappa because People can't run it or find it hard to run, so it kind of excludes people from getting capped. I think maybe that's why. Oh, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I mean that's kind of insomnia, which I'm going to do naturally on night interchange. 
So you're pretty close, really, other than the bosses. But like, yeah, the bosses are, oh, as we and, said, a huge grind. And the Willer so. as well. That's that's one thing that's going to be kind of a grind too, maybe. Ah, uh, you could do Mark Twain for that at least. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just more RNG. I mean, it it is what it is, but it just doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, run your scav when you got downtime, and then on factory. Oh, then... I did find my vertex, my last one I needed. Thank God, this was another huge thing. I was like. I, one day I spent the whole day just scaving, got nothing, right? And I was just like really down to press. Next day I was, or next day I was like, okay, I'll start for scavering a lighthouse, maybe. Like I even had this route I was doing, like checking all the spawns. And then first box I checked had a vertex, and I was like, time to get the fuck out of this raid. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was so thankful because I was just like, God, I do not want to have to play this like map as a pmc and like just sit here for hours grinding the the loot pools because the loot yeah. pools are really weird it's like rare spawns but it's like rare spawns plus which is like bitcoin gp coins you know axle parrots but then it's also like stems and then also like mm. military you know com whatever the wireless this you have to yeah, yeah and then vertex and it's just like a weird but it's like super unique to lighthouse it's just really weird loot pool so like Every time I find something that I don't need, it's just like even more infuriating. It's like I found I probably have like five or six <laughs> of those wireless transmitter radios things. I don't even know where they are. I found my first one the other day on the streets. I have two. I even missed it. It was like chat that saw it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so at least I've done that. But I still need two vertex. As I said, I found one. I managed to run run through it out of the raid. So that was great. <laughs> And I haven't seen another one since. I just haven't played Lighthouse since then. I really should. Right? I've got a couple of things. I need to do one building for recon and one build and then one more thing for buying M80. I was going to say, you got to do the, the revision. At least do the revision. I've done it. I'm just playing with M62. It's fine. I just buy it from Beastkeeper. Uh, I guess that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I've just skipped it completely. I guess that's fair. If you really don't mind the but tracers. I was, yeah. I, will, cause I was playing with the foul, like close range. Yeah. It didn't really matter so much. Yeah. Although it probably did scuffle me in a few a few places, but you know, it was all right. I just wish that there was a way to do it that wasn't just like lighthouse rare spawns, you know? Yeah, like, it's just annoying. I mean, technically like, I reserve, but I just don't. Yeah, like you can. I've I've never found a vertex on reserve. But you can I think find I have UFTMs though. But even still, it's like I wish that you could just find them like more generally. There's labs. Like if there were other places, <laughs> yeah, I guess you can find vertex on labs. I suppose. Yeah, it's just rough. It's just rough. Like feeling like I have to run this specific set of loot runs on Lighthouse to get this one item. Yes. So you just don't you just wouldn't encounter unless you actually grind for it. That's the thing that I just find annoying right. about it. Like unless I'm specifically going to do that thing, you just don't run into it. Because like back when they first added these quests and um they were adding Lighthouse and stuff, I was like, because I was quite late to learn Lighthouse and I was like, oh maybe it's just because, you know, I don't really run these loot runs and all this kind of stuff. And it was just like when I actually looked into it, it's just like, oh no, like unless you're playing a very specific way, you just wouldn't find it. You just literally won't find it unless you're very, doing the very particular things that you, you know, that you need to do to find this thing. And you wouldn't know either because the game doesn't tell you, of course. So you just have to like hear from the community like where these things spawn, where other people anecdotally yeah. found stuff, yeah, and just go for it. So, yeah, yeah, painful. I, haven't, I literally haven't set foot in Labs since Vibe. I haven't even been in. Not, not played one raid there. A couple of uh, me and some buddies, we, we, they wanted to do a Labs for the weekend. It's kind of like a final 
know, maybe not a thousand of Tarkov, but some of them came back and and played. And yeah, we did labs for we basically sat in our spawns for twenty minutes and then played the raid. <laughs> kind of how you have to do it if you don't want to die straight away. Yeah, yeah. It was it was okay. It's just it's kind of unfortunate because that was probably the most I don't like safest thing to do. Like I don't know. It's just not not, not I don't think it like not many of us played a lot of labs so we were kind of just like a we didn't want to get like if they're gonna if they're gonna be hacking the lobby just do your thing and then you know get out yeah and then we'll do our thing you know which that's what it is. it's just unfortunate that that's kind of like the strategy like i don't i actually watched the video from geeks who just put out a video about playing lighthouse as like someone coming back to talk off and he was like again sit in your spawn for 20 minutes was literally the advice yeah, he had in his video. And it's like, stupid. it's legitimately the best way to play Lighthouse and maybe Labs as well. Like, it's just so, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just rough, right? That's what my biggest issue with trying to do the, find the like level three items for the hideout in Labs. It's like, you have to roam all over the map to find them. So you die in 90% of the raids, I would say. Even if you kill, like, I'd, when I did this, you know, two, well, two wipes ago and did it properly and did like both pie do and did both parts it was like you can kill i had like some i actually had some good labs raids in the end because i was playing it for four weeks and uh you could kill like three people and then you wrote you're like well like i have no other goal here like i have enough money so i can buy my gear back so it's fine so i'm just gonna keep going until i find the items or i've or i die or i've hit all the spots and like those things happen normally in a very specific order right like you either die, run out of spots, and or find the item, like in that kind of in that order. And it was just it was just really hard. Like people have either farmed the item already, um, or you like you kill two or three people, and then die to some random dude in a, in an office because like you had to go in there to go and get the item. Right. Like it was just kind of demoralizing, right? Because there wasn't much you could do, and I felt like I I was the one being forced to move around. Yeah, um, yeah, to go and get the stuff. So it was just yeah, it was just just painful. It was painful. So I haven't, I just don't really, yeah, again, I haven't felt the need to go back. I feel like very resistant this wipe to doing stuff I don't want to do. Well, good for you. And I'm like, do I need Intel 3? Do I need solar power? Like, no, like, it's fine. I don't, don't need any of these things, really. Like, do I need more money? Not really. I've got 30 something mil now because I've stopped buying GPUs. So now the money's just like stacking up. I've got monocleat plates on a, you know, <laughs> alchemy conveyor belt coming out the lavatory. <laughs> what more do I need? <laughs> all good well i wish you the best of luck i hope that you have some more boss kills under your belt by the time we speak next. thank you yeah that would that'd be nice that'd be nice it'd be good to get cap I, I'm, I'm rooting for you and this, this is so early in the wipe as well like it's definitely doable yeah it just it's three months later they've got the boss uh, at 90 percent. church is still trying to kill killer i mean i yeah i don't know it's just like i'm just kind of worried i'm gonna like reach to a point where i'm just like why am i doing this Am I having fun? No, no. But it's like, but it's like my brain can't not want to do this. You know, just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen. But it's something I want to do just to be done with it, and then never again. Never again. Uninstalling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, permanently retired. Complete. Literally beat the game. I've seen it before. When my friend beat the game and got Kappa, he literally never played again. <laughs> I've, I've seen it before. I've could, seen this playbook could, previously. Could be me. 
Like I got Kappa the same wipe after him, but I didn't grind it as hard. Yeah. And I was like, come on, man. He's just like, he was just like, on any piece of spare time, he was like, I must finish this. Like, <laughs> literally drag himself kicking and screaming to the finish line. Yeah. He's like, I must finish this. And then I'm never going to play again. I've like ruined the game for myself. I was like, you're a dumbass. You did this to yourself. Like, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I feel like and this was ages ago and it was easier. And, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there, but I'm feeling the rumblings. You know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, deep, deep below the surface. Like, honestly, I feel that the process of like streaming it solo is like just so different. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you just play like on your own or whatever, but you almost need to just like sit in VC with somebody like not playing and just like commiserate. I think oh, it's yeah. the only way to really like enjoy the game. Like, if you just sit there on your own in your room playing, like it's quite like it's a lonely experience. Like I find <laughs> yeah. it hard playing solo without chat now. I find yeah. it difficult. No, hundred percent. Like I, I mean, when I first played the game, absolutely, I could play solo for you know days. But mm. nowadays, dude, I I have to stream it. Like I just can't. Like it, unless I'm just like not feeling like doing like playing. You know, like I don't. Yeah. Like there was that one day where I scabbed. You know, for like four hours on Lighthouse trying to find the thing. I didn't really feel like playing or like doing anything, but like that was like my minimum effort I could put in. Mm. So I just played offline scav, didn't stream or anything, but I was, I just like, can't playing by myself without streaming and like not having anyone to like bit to just be like a miserable, like just imagine myself like sulking to myself in queue for five minutes by myself. Like it just feels awful. Watching YouTube or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just... Like the thing is, but think of the experience difference between like when you played solo before, when you played solo, you know, now or whatever, like what you're actually going into raid and doing, it's just like, it's so mechanical and like, so, so not organic. Yeah, like before you're like, I've got this kit. Like, is it going to work? Like, Oh, I don't really know the maps. Like, where am I going to spawn? It's, it's like true. all exciting. Whereas now it, it's just like, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like that uh, Wilder's, <laughs> meme that he put up ages ago it's just like you know the new play experience and it's like the you, after 2000 hours you've got like the hood up just like because you're just like which spawn am i going to be which one yeah. is like the most optimal path to get through to the 25 percent chance of looking for the d-sync icon in the corner it's just like it's so like machine like yes. right compared to the organic experience when you first played that's why it's like so different uh, uh ignorance is bliss that's why i say like when do people play tarkov i was like ah, enjoy it man Cause like those those first like hundred even thousand hours it's just like there's so much to absorb into the little gamer brain that you know it's just it's 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 a great it's a great game man. I mean it's it's a it's such a weird game because it's one of those games like I feel like I need to know the person well enough to be able to like confidently recommend it to them but I do feel like Tarkov is a game worth playing but asterisk what type of game are you? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I somehow managed to keep it at bay a little bit by not grinding too hard. I think that's like part of the that's like part of the deal. Genuinely, is I think it helps the fact that I like have to go and make YouTube stuff. Yeah, and I can't just like sit on the game on stream. Like, genuinely, is helpful to keep my sanity. Yeah, <laughs> and it's great economically. <laughs> Yeah, so it ends up working out both yeah. ways. So it's like, but it's weird because we were talking about this in chat the other day, and I was like, it's like, you know, doing the YouTube stuff is like most of like the, the business that you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I have for content creation. But obviously, I'm not playing the game. So I'm not as experienced as people who stream full time. But I'm thinking about the game because I'm making videos about the game. But so it's kind of this weird hybrid. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like 
I sort of end up playing as much as people who are maybe even a bit less sometimes than people who have like a full-time job. Because my full-time job just so happens to be making videos about Tarkov. It's not actually playing <laughs> Tarkov. So it's like this weird right. thing. So I end up progressing kind of at the same pace as a lot of people who like have a regular full-time job, even though they're not thinking about Tarkov in the day and I am. It's like, kind of, it's just, like, it's just weird. It's just a weird thing. Kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, well, shall we conclude today's episode? Guess we should. It's a good one. It was a long I guess one. We should. But yeah, look forward to next week when I have Kappa and I have achieved all my life goals. And yeah, it'll be great. Exactly. But as always, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Catch you later. <laughs>